Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 101 of the Pause.com Entertainment Podcast. We are your hosts. Tony. And I am Lou. How are you doing today, Tony? I am well. That's good. I would like to remind everybody that this episode of the Pause.com Entertainment Podcast is brought to you by Yumbly. Search restaurants and menus for exactly what you're hungry for. Yum. I'm hungry. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Yumbly. I didn't know what other language to say that in because I've already covered... iPhone and iPad apps soon to come. Oh. Very excited about that. Oh. In development and almost finished, and that will be a, a fun day for us when we launch that. Uh, do we have any uh, listener mail that we'd like to go yes, over? Yes, we do. What do we got? We got all kinds of stuff here. Tell me what we got. I'm looking Let's to, Let's read it. I'm going to get right to the bottom of it here. Okay. Uh, Dave says, congrats, guys. Have enjoyed every episode so far and looking forward to 100 more. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Coco says, just back home from holidays, and what a great thing to get a new episode from one of her favorite podcasts. She's downloading now. You're the best, Coco. I hope she's not still downloading. No, that would be a slow because connection. that was January 9th. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mike says, congrats on the 100th episode. Still listens and still loves it. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Stritch, congratula- congratulations on 100, fellas. Great show that always keeps me laughing. He also says that uh, my suggestions for iPad games makes up about 75% of his purchases. Mm. Thank you. That's very nice. That's pretty cool. He's actually playing Lost Wins while he listens to the episode. As for games, check out this link, which he put on the Facebook page, for uh, PC games this year. Lots of good ones. Uh, Sorry, Tony, I know you aren't a PC gamer, but it's a good list. And speaking of consoles, Lou, you need to log on. You know what? I I actually exchanged a couple emails with him. I, I did log on to my PS3, which I'll talk about a little bit later. And I accepted your friend request. I, know, I got that. And then I saw that I got another one, and I didn't know who it was from, but I figured it was probably him. And I swear that I accepted it too, but he said he never got the thing that I accepted it. So I'll have to go and check it again. Uh, um, well, I want to say that this list he posted, it's a ton of games. It's yeah. really cool. And um, it's not just games like that are PC exclusive. Yeah, it's stuff There's, that's on yeah. the PC but might be on other But things it was really too. fun to go through the list. So yeah. you, you would really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I have to say, sometimes on the... And, and it's probably just because I don't know it yet. But sometimes on the PS3, the two or three times that I've turned it on so far, I like accidentally get into some part of it that I don't want to be in. And then I have trouble figuring out how to get out of it. Do you always just hit the PS3 button to like bring up a menu to go back to the original menu? Yeah, that should work. Okay. Okay. I think I get confused because, you know, on the Xbox controller, that doesn't do anything. It's just a piece of plastic. You know the logo button on the Xbox 360 controller? It actually does do something. No, remember there's that... Maybe I'm thinking of the original one. Maybe. <laughs> Never mind. I'm stuck in the past. Yes, you are. <laughs> By the way, I uh, I hadn't turned on my Xbox in ages. Yeah. And I turned it on the other day, and we'll talk more about that later. And, uh, and I don't know how long it's been up, but there's a whole new... There's like, a whole new interface, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's really cool. I heard that it was cool. Is it's, it like the Metro interface? Like on Windows Mobile and... Yeah, yeah, it's similar to that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. But I don't know how long it had been around. I just got it like last week. Oh, you know what? You didn't get to see. I had a computer set up here that had the the first build, you know, public publicly available build of Windows eight on it with that interface. Uh-huh. It's really neat. Yeah. It's really really neat. But anyway, um, um, Jason says. He's going to ask Lou his opinion on the final season of Chuck, but he thinks you remember him saying that he'd only seen three episodes so far, thanks to his DVR crash. We all love hearing you about know what? the DVR crash. I thought there had only been three episodes so far. Have I missed more than that? I don't know. Because I've only got three episodes on my DVR. At the time of this post, there were only two more episodes before it bows out. Wow. So. 
I think I'm very far behind. I'm going to have to start watching that online. Uh, they got turned on to the show because, well, you recommended it. He's trying to give me credit for that, but I can't take any. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and have enjoyed it for the most part. Last season seemed a bit long in the tooth, but they appear to be wrapping up things nicely this go-round. It has more of a season one, season two feel with a good balance of action and comedy. Thoughts? Well, I can't give you There's any more. because of there is oh, more. Right. Uh, P.S. is proud residents of Lone Star State. They publicly disavow any connection with the horribly weird and lame characters of Storage Wars, Texas. You know what? We watched one episode of that, and I swear it was just dreadful. I know, that's what just you're dreadful. It has it has no real semblance to the original show in terms of what makes the original show fun. And you know, I don't know if you've seen Storage Wars lately. Uh, but they, there's a, a woman who is on there now. She's not in the credits or anything, but she's been on at least three or four episodes. And she was on two episodes recently that uh, Jared and Brandy were not on at all. And I was very sad because Uh-oh. that's one of my favorite things about that show is the Jared two of them. Brand, the Jared and Brandy. Yeah. Jandy, as I like to call right. them. Because <laughs> Brared doesn't just, it right. just doesn't roll off the tongue. But um, between them and Barry Weiss, that's my favorite part of the show. Barry White? He's dead. No, not Barry White. Barry that's Weiss. why he's not anymore. Barry Weiss. Barry White. Uh, did you know that he, that he was the guy responsible? I know for... nothing about Storage Wars. No. You keep talking Barry to me. Barry White. Oh, Barry White. I was going to say, did you know that he was the guy who started or created the Love's Unlimited Orchestra? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Did they really have any hits other than Love's theme? I don't think so. I don't think so. That was enough. For me? Weren't they his band, though? I mean, they, Oh, was it just his they, band? I believe so. Yeah. Um, you know what? I have to... I oh, you're going to write yourself a little note Yeah, here. I am going to write myself a little note. Um, right now, Lou is sitting down and writing himself a letter. Why don't you talk about Chuck while you're writing? Uh, well, the only thing I can say about Chuck is that I've only seen one episode this season so far. Uh, and I thought there were only three total so far, but I guess I'm going to have to go and catch up now. But... I, uh, I, you, you know, know it's our job to. Uh, uh, yeah, when to, that show uh, is all said and done, I'm going to be very where... sad because it really was and is, you know, just a very distinctive kind of show that I have not seen yeah. anyone else do well. Right. You would it's, enjoy it's, yeah. it even more if you actually followed it, yeah. I think. No, I do follow it. I'm yeah. just a little behind. Just, yeah. Just a little behind. Just following it closely just enough. Just a little behind. That's uh, all. We have one more post that I think everyone should come check out on our fan page. Uh, Stritch has posted a link to Bear McCreary's blog. He's the guy that wrote the music for shows like Battlestar Galactica, The Walking Dead, Terminator, and his, and your favorite, Human Target. This guy's a genius, and his video blogs show how he writes and composes a lot of his music with the different strange instruments. It's actually very cool. Did you watch a Uh, lot of the... A little of it. Yeah. I haven't watched a lot, but there's a lot there, so it's... Yeah. I remember in one of the, maybe it was the second season of of, uh, BSG... I saw something, maybe it was on the, I don't know if it was on TV or on the DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever, but I saw something with Bear McCreary, and it was really cool how he came up with the sounds for it. But I don't think I knew that he did the music for Human Target. You know, that's a really cool show, and another one that I think is just kind of flown under the radar and not that many it's people watch it. I, I thought it was off the air, but he the way that Stritch wrote that, it makes it sound like it's still on, didn't it? Uh, I didn't. Really yeah. good. That, no, it's a I cool think show. He just said it was one of his favorites. Oh, of okay. Um, shows. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I I really like Mark Valley. I think he's, I think that's a great role for him because yeah. he's really likable in that role, and um, it certainly hasn't catapulted him into superstardom yet. It, ha- it has not done no. that for him. Not no. at all. No. Uh, we got anything else you want to go? Over? Nope. Okay. 
You want to get right into video games? Why don't we get right into video Let's games? Let's do it. Um, I played a little more Skyrim. Yeah, I haven't played much more of it. Uh, yeah, I haven't either. Time is just, I've been working a lot. And, is it of uh, the essence? And I have seen, it certainly is. And I have seen some movies, so. Yeah. So, I can't say that. Uh, You're still doing, I mean, you haven't finished the main quest, have you? No. No, or, I, I refuse to finish. Or the Civil War quest, have you done I'm that? pretty far, no, I haven't. I yeah. got it. I, I pretty it. much waited till the end to do both of those. Right now, I'm, I'm on the string of doing all the uh, guild, the Thieves Guild quests. Yeah. I have not done the last one of those. Uh-huh. Well, actually, you know what's interesting about that is I I actually went to do, after I finished the main storyline quest, I actually went to do the last quest in that chain because after you do the last quest, you become the leader of the Thieves Guild. Uh-huh. And so I just wanted to see what that was like. But I don't want to say what it is, but there's something that you have that you have to, I think you have to give up to finish that quest and I didn't want to give it up. You weren't going to give that up. I was not going to give it up. And so that's why I put it off. But uh, when I went to do it, it, the quest was bugged, and I couldn't do it anyway. Ah. So I don't well, know Maybe if, they have a patch for that bug. Yeah, they might. I don't know. But have you heard about any add-ons or DLC for it Nothing yet? Nothing yet, no. I hope there's going to be at least- Oh, there will. At least three or four like there were for Oblivion. I want more stuff. It's only been out a couple months. Yeah. Give it time. But you know what? That, there, I still 11, have so- 11, 11, That's when that came I know. Up. I yeah. still see the billboards everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I still have a ton of places that are not marked as cleared. So, um, you know, I might have a lot of little quests still. You might have some little quests. Little questy quests. Um, I've also played a game on Xbox Live Arcade uh, called Bastion. Okay. It's a lot of fun. I, I Is it the last Bastion of fun? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Um, I heard That's about this something. game because it was a lot on a lot of uh, game reviewers' like favorite games of the year. Yeah. It would be in like their top five or their top ten. So I thought I'd check it out. And it's one of those games very similar to Torchlight okay. in essence. You know, it's kind of that perspective. Dungeon like, crawl kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly what it is. But there's a uniqueness to it. Um, it's got this – anytime you do anything, there's a narrator – Okay. Narrating what you're doing, but he's really funny. Oh, okay. So, like, if you just keep, like, walking and not doing anything, it's like, well, he's just walking through like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like it's narrated by the world's most interesting man kind of thing. Uh, well, he's African-American, the, the narrator, so it's got a it's, it's kind, kind of a play on that. tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. That is fun. Um, and just the way they do things is, is really unique. And just every time you do... Because the thing about Torchlight for me, it got a little monotonous. Mm-hmm. And here, everything. No, I haven't played as much of this as I have Torchlight. Right. But um, every area you go into is different, and like it's kind of unique in in the things you find, and you keep finding. Rather than finding weapons everywhere, like you'll just find a weapon here or a weapon there. So like the weapons you find are are more like more important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas remember like in Torchlight, you like the right. weapons everywhere. So it's almost like, more like Tomb Raider where when you get an upgrade it's like, "Oh, okay, now right. that's what you're going to use." kind right. of thing. Yeah. Um I'm really enjoying it and I really see why it's on a lot of people's like yeah, favorite games of last year list. Now, does it cuz Torchlight the perspective never changes, right? It doesn't rotate around you? Yeah, this doesn't either. Okay, so it's the same thing. Right. So you you rather But what's than, cool about this is when you're going toward a direction like as you're walking, then then that part of the screen will start to fill in, right? So, uh, so removing you, the fog of war kind of thing. Pardon me. It's sort of like removing the fog of war. Sure. Innocent. Well, I don't know if you've ever played any real time strategy games, but a lot of times in those games, you start out with the map being totally covered, like you can't see anything, and then as you explore, the directions that you explore in get uncovered, 
so then you can see them. But it okay. doesn't affect. Well, the where way you this does it yet. though is like you're walking, like if you're walking on stone, stones are like falling from the sky, building the path in front of you. Oh, I see. It's what really you're saying. cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's so many cool little things like that in this game. It's it's on. It's probably on Steam. It's on PC. So you oh, really? Pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. I think I paid 15 for it. So yeah, but it's definitely that's worth it. Cool. I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's a nice diversion from you know everything else. Well, just because all I've been playing is Skyrim. Yeah. Now, so. do you think you would, based on the fact that you liked both of those games, do you think you might try Diablo oh, three when it comes out? Absolutely. Especially yeah. now, I didn't put this in the miscellaneous, but it has been confirmed that it will be on consoles. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's not surprising. No. Um. So you have here. Well, let's let you explain. <laughs> yes. On our outline I, under games, I put that I played Uncharted three, sort of. So I turned on my PS three again. I accepted your friend thing. I thought I accepted Stretch's friend thing, which apparently I didn't. And then I go to play a little Uncharted 3. And, you know, I have it on our TV that's in the family room. And as you know from being there, the family room and the kitchen are like all one big space. Uh-huh. And Enzo was sitting at the table eating dinner. So it was it's still, you know, right at the beginning, right after I left off, it's where he goes back to the museum and he goes to take the thing with the key that he stole. And so he opens the thing and then all the people come in, you know, his guy who turns out to be his friend later in life and that wo- that nasty woman and the nasty woman walks up to him and like slaps him in the face and you know we we don't let our son watch anything with violence right so i had to turn it off right away and then i haven't been able to go back to it since. so you're counting this so, as a game you played. yeah i counted it as a game i played <laughs> even though i played it for approximately 90 seconds before i had to turn it off um right. yeah so i'm looking forward to getting back into that but you know tv's been picking up a little bit and I, I also have been working more and, you know, uh, seen a few movies and stuff. So I haven't been playing as much in the way of right. games lately. It's all right. Mm-hmm. I haven't really either. So that's cool. Um, let's get into miscellaneous. Then. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, the Starhawk multiplayer beta is currently available for PlayStation Plus members. Those that acquired codes by purchasing Uncharted 3 will be able to join the beta next week. Now, what's really cool is I turned on my PS3 the other day and... Um, you know, I have my PS3 set up, which I'm sure you would as well, set up to automatically download patches and all that. I didn't know you could do that. Oh, yeah. So, like, when, when it's off, you pick a time of day. So, mine does it between, like, 3 and 5 a.m. Oh, I like that. And so uh, so it turns on, does this stuff, and turns itself off. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, that was one of the other things I was going to say. One of the reasons I, I didn't get to play the last two times that I tried to play is that both the PS3 and Uncharted 3 both needed updates that took, like, forever. So oh, that's ha- why you got to set it up so to yeah. do it in the middle of the night. So I had I had a, f- a little while to play, and I couldn't play the first time because the system needed right. to be updated. You need to yeah I make it so that it does up. that automatically. I got to do that because um, what's really cool about that? Then you turn on the PS3 and it tells you all the things that it downloaded in okay. that time period. Gotcha. So it'll like you know move your saves to the cloud or you know yeah. So the other day I turn on and it says that the Starhawk beta had been downloaded. I'm like, wow. Well, that wasn't even something that I. Yeah, new. But because I'm a PlayStation Plus member, it just automatically downloaded it for me. Now, if your saves get moved to the cloud and it's sunny outside, can you not play those games? (sighs) I'm not even going to honor that with a response. Okay. But I have not tried the beta yet. Um, Yeah. You know, it's multiplayer and I'm, you know. Not a big. Not huge. Not not really super uh, anxious to play against I did go online and look at some videos of the game just to see what it was all about. And uh, it looks really cool. Yeah. Is that an old, like that's an old franchise, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But There's I thought so that was an old that franchise. Have names like that, similar to that, yeah. Starhawk, Starcraft, Star Monkey, Star Monkey, Starfish. Okay. 
the demo for the long-awaited Mass Effect 3 will be available on February 14th. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that is a happy Valentine's Day right there. Well, I'm about to ruin your happy Valentine's oh, Day. No. Speaking of Mass Effect 3, well, I don't know if this will affect you. The game will only be available for digital download on EA's own Origin service. This means, of course, that the long-awaited game will not be available on Steam. Well, that's okay. I don't usually buy games on Steam. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, I thought that I was usually good. buy them retail because I don't like to wait for the huge download. You bought Skyrim on Steam, though, right? No. No, I bought it at retail. So wait, don't you like when you you, play- you, you It gets installed through Steam. So um, so then if you want to play it somewhere else, it'll download it at that location, or you can install it again at that location. But it's connected to your Steam account, so you can play it anywhere. That So if you bought the box version, yeah. you can put you it can on play any it anywhere. machine from Steam. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So like, even though I have the retail version and I installed it from the DVD, when if I log on to Steam on another computer, it'll download it and then I can play it there. But the one that I did on my computer, I do you have it. to put in like a code from the no, box? No, because it's because once you install it on your computer and Steam and, sees that you right when it installs, it installs through Steam, even though you're doing it on the DVD, ah. and then it links it to your account. And once it's done there, you can play it wherever, which is really nice. Yeah, so I wonder if Mass Effect 3, because you can't do it through Steam, I wonder through Origin. Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. I yeah. wonder if that will do the same. Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about this, even though it's really not specifically... Related to anything at all? No, it is. Because do you know where that service name came from, Origin? No. Origin Systems was a video game company that EA bought years ago. And it was the company that made all the Ultima games. It was started by Richard Garriott and his brother. I think I don't remember his brother's name, but apparently Richard's dad was like a, a an astronaut for NASA, and I don't know if he was on one of the Apollo missions or if he actually went to the moon or whatever. But Richard Garriott's always had this thing for space and space travel and all this. So at some point in the past, he actually bought. I think he bought the lunar rover, which is still on the moon. Uh-huh. So he owns it, even though it's stuck up there. And then he paid, you know, like a gazillion dollars to the Russian space agency a few years back to be able to go up into space so that he could do, you know, the same thing that his dad did. And so there's some movie out that you can watch. I think we saw it on on demand that's about him going up into space, which I thought was really weird because he's a video game guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's this whole movie about it. But um, but I wonder if there. So he already went to space. Yeah, he already did it. Yeah. Wow. Um. But I wonder if they're trying to do their own Steam-like thing because that seems like a complete waste of time. I mean, Steam is so well entrenched in that market. Right. And people like it. I mean, developers like it because it's a really fair system, you know? Well, And gamers like it because it's a really fair but system. you can see EA being a little greedy thinking. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I still am bummed that they completely discontinued everything having to do with Ultima. I mean, once after Ultima Online launched, that was the last Ultima thing ever, and they've never tried to do anything else with the franchise, even though there's so much history there. I mean, dating back to the early 80s, you know, mm-hmm. even before that, I think. But whatever. <laughs> but That's what sucks about that is that you're oh, going to have sorry. to, well, you're going to have to <laughs> install it, I guess, if you want to run the game, which sucks. Yeah, that's the way it would appear. I don't like that. But anyway. But unless it's the thing where, like, you buy it off of Origin on one computer and you have an account with them. That's fine. I just don't want to have to keep installing all these new services and systems that oh, are right. running all the time. Right. You know what I mean? That's I don't really good. see the point in that. There's no That point. is really greedy. Yeah. In fact, maybe I just won't buy the game because of it. Ah. But I doubt that. That's a... Yeah, they're, they're, are they working on a Mass Effect Online? 
Is that something we've talked about it's, before? Uh, yes. Well, it's I in mean, development, right? Rumored. I think it's rumored. Yeah. Okay. God, that would be cool. Because that's one thing I will say about most of the massively multiplayer games is most of them are in a fantasy setting, mm-hmm. you know, like a D and D kind of setting. And I get a little tired of doing that all right. the time. And I know there's other there's like Eve Online and Star stuff Trek. like that. <laughs> Star Wars, the Old the Republic. Old Republic. You know, that but... actually got a really good review. I think we talked about that last time. No. It got a nine from IGN. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You might have to go back and check it out again. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they'll do a free demo or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think a Mass Effect multiplayer game would be really cool. Because well, I like it. That was one of the things I really liked about Star Wars Galaxies was being able to go to different planets. And every planet was a little bit different and had kind of a different, you know, geography and. You know, the buildings might have looked different and the creatures were different and things like that. And within a scenario like that where you, if you're going to do some loading, I would rather load to see something that's completely different than the last place that I was right. rather than, you know, just another town that I have to wait and right. load. But anyway, uh, is that it for video games? That's it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about TV. Okay, we're back and it's time to talk about TV. Television. And yesterday was the premiere of this season of American Idol, which you have not watched. No, I worked yesterday. I did not see it. Aha. Uh-huh. You told me to watch Alcatraz, so I stayed up till midnight watching Alcatraz. Okay, instead. well, let's start talking about Alcatraz, which debuted on Monday night. Yes. I really enjoyed it. Amy really enjoyed it. You did not like it so much. I did not so really enjoy it. No. Did you enjoy it at all or no? I may stick with it a little longer. Yeah. Just to see if it gets better. Well, you know, the format is very similar to Lost in many ways um, in terms of the fact that they give you little nuggets here and there. Yeah. And that they do a lot of stuff in flashbacks. Yes, but okay. Right? Yes. Um, And that it takes place on an island. What? Oh, yeah. Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked, um, there was a lot of stuff about it that I liked. Uh. I thought. Why don't you talk about all the stuff that you liked, and then I'll talk about all the stuff that I didn't like. Well, I but I don't know how much I can say without giving it away, and I don't want to do that for people that. I, I mean, the basic premise of the story is that the official explanation of Alcatraz closing in 1963 due to rising costs and maintenance issues is not really what happened, and that in fact, on that day in December, everybody on the island of Alcatraz, all the prisoners and all the people who work there just disappeared. Right. And nobody knows what happened to them. And now some of them are starting to come back. And it's not just a case of, you know, well, they're just reappearing, but they appear to have some nefarious mission that in particular the prisoners are on. Um, and, and that it seems to be orchestrated by somebody who at least at the very least has a knowledge of the present day, even though these people are all from, you know, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. What? The premise is so stupid. It's the reason I don't like it. Wait a minute. How it's can you so say that's any more stupid. ridiculous than anything that happened on Lost? Because here's the thing with Lost. Oh, believe me, I had my issues with Lost too. But when okay. Lost started, Lost was completely like realistic. It could have, I mean. There was a polar bear on a tropical island. They started to just put little oddities like that in there. They didn't just start with this ridiculous ridiculous thing and then and what gets me about this is the thing is so the whole premise is so ridiculous but yet the people like for me to have some sort of investment in it there's got to be some reality and the people don't find it as ridiculous like what's going on like to them it's just like oh that's odd 
Well, not really. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Hurley's character specifically said, is anyone else here having their head explode right now? And none of them are. That's my problem. None of them are. Well, okay. First of all, you can't blame the two people who are running the thing because obviously at least one of them knows what's going on and maybe both of them. I just think the whole premise is stupid. It's sci-fi, but it's It's either sci-fi or supernatural or both. And I don't understand what the issue is. I if you're going to watch I just, a, a I just sci-fi need it to show, be a little more based in reality than I mean it just starts off so like out there that like But how is that different than Star Wars? Because there's still some well because the, Star Wars isn't trying to be based, you know. But this isn't either. This is what this show is saying is well, that okay, the reality that issue. you think is real is not really real and this is actually the reality. <sighs> just stupid i don't like it but keep going okay well, i mean i also anyway. have to say this the writing on this is not anywhere near as good as lost no and the no. acting is not no. anywhere near as good as lost you know well, one of the things that i think made lost work so well was the fact that because there was such a huge cast and because especially early on in the show the writing was kind of underdone like it was it was not very wordy a lot of times okay um, I think that actually worked to its advantage because, you know, sometimes intentionally or otherwise, a, a lot of those quiet moments come across as, you know, being reserved and smart, whereas maybe they just wanted to show a pretty landscape or, you know, show some reaction shots or something like that. Um, you know, I, I, and I and I hate to say it because I think Sam Neill is actually a good actor, not but, in this, he's not. but I think a lot of the Total cheesiest parts yeah. in this are him. The worst line in the whole thing. Uh, like they were going to go somewhere, he goes grab your lunchbox. Yeah, that's just terrible writing. Yeah, I mean, terrible. That, uh, like, and he he does over he does overact. Oh my god! Um, and I don't like the main girl in it either. Oh, I like her a lot. I don't. Yeah, what like, what else has she been in? I've never seen her before. I, don't but I like her a lot. Them. I like her a lot. <laughs> I don't like the show at all. Didn't you think that was cool about what happened with her grandfather though? You didn't think that was cool? No. no so you just I went into it with a bad attitude. Point. Did you even see the end? Uh. Yeah, I saw that. So you know right, what happened, okay. sir. Yeah. Right. Well, wait. The doctor. The Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. Um, but see, that's what I mean. Like, they give you these little nuggets, you know, of stuff to hook you in. I I thought it was really cool. But I needed to be eased into that premise. But why, why is it so easy for you to watch any other sci-fi thing, but when it's one that takes place now on Earth, you have trouble with it? Well, you know going issue... into it that it's sci-fi and paranormal. That's the whole premise I, well, of the show. I want to know first of all, like what you were saying that everyone disappeared is the, is their whole their whole premise of the show. Right. Why wasn't why is that just coming out now? Why It's not coming out. The little people in that circle are the only ones who know that. But how did how is that that those are the only people that know that? Because we don't know that I yet. I can't buy into that's that. That's the whole part of the that's the whole point of the show is that we learn that as they learn that. Other than other than Sam Neill, who I'm, I would assume knows. And that whole scene at the very beginning, where the little girl finds, just, just so like convoluted and cliche, and just like, oh, I hated it. What, what part it. of that? Remember at the very beginning when they're right. The but tour, I mean, what part did you find girl, cliched? Just the whole that the little girl is finds. Oh, that it wasn't like, somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I won't argue with that point. But what was cool about that was that he came out with. The key, current money, and a ticket to ride the ferry. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that was cool. cool because you know. No, it's cool because you know that whatever Someone's is happening, connected. it's yeah. not totally supernatural or just mysterious. 
somebody is doing something on purpose. Yeah, I just it's, it's with not, nefarious you know intent. What? Nefarious I say, intent. I Twenty million people it's just watched not for it. Me. It's just not for 20 me. Twenty million people watched it. Well, sure, I watched it too. That yeah. doesn't mean I'm going to continue. No. Let's see how many people continue. Yeah, I will say it's better than Terra Nova. Which, by the way, I was reading online that this will probably cancel out Terra Nova. Uh, I thought Terra Nova was already canceled. I don't think so. Oh. I don't think they've given the final word, but... Oh, okay. Well, let's put it this way. I think this show is going to be a lot better than not only Terra Nova, but Falling Skies and uh, Flash Forward. And what was the other one? I don't think it'll be better than Falling Skies. I know I had my issues with the writing of Falling Skies, but I thought the story of Falling Skies was good. Yeah, I thought it, I think the problem that I have with it is it moves way too slow. Like, there's not... I mean, really, if you look at the whole season of Falling Skies that was on last summer, there were really only, like, three major, yeah. like, story points in the pilot, in the finale, and one in the middle of the season. We haven't heard and, anything about that coming back. No, and all the rest of the season was just, like, people yapping about stuff and disagreeing about things. It's like... Do we really need to see all that? Well, some of that you need to see because it's building up the tension of, you yeah, know. You can do that within an episode. It doesn't have to be a four-episode arc yeah, to show know. tension between that old dude. When I and... think, if I were to compare the two, I would pick Falling Skies over this, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, I guess just didn't it... find these characters to be three-dimensional. I guess it depends. It just, to me, was very, like, cliche writing. Yeah, well, I mean, I I have to think back to the pilot of Lost. There was no three dimensionality to the characters in the pilot either. It was just no, it was really that, interesting because of what happened, right? The specific well, I mean, actions of what was happened. Enough for that. Right. I mean, those characters became fleshed out as you saw their flashbacks yeah. and that. And, yeah, I think this could go that route. I just don't think the writing is right. anywhere I, near like as I good. Like I said, I'll yeah. give it. I'll give it a little more time. Yeah. I mean, maybe just you know, I yeah, caught, we'll maybe see. I was just in a bad mood. Yeah. But so far, I'm just telling you how I feel. Yeah. Like. No. No. That's. I mean, you know, that's why. I, we're not in the old Soviet Union. <laughs> uh, so I think we're both at the same place on Top Chef Texas. Yes. Um, and I have some juicy Top Chef news. Okay, so first let's talk about last week, Restaurant Wars. It was uh, the strangest Restaurant Wars episode ever. It was like they planned their thing, opened their restaurant, served their dishes, and were done with that whole part of it within the first third of the show. Right? right? Uh-huh. It, it went so fast. And then the rest of it was just them talking about it. Um, and it was really strange because, I mean, at least the way they edited it, it was I know very. What, you're gonna say. what? I well, it was, it was very obvious that the guys totally kicked ass on service, and the girls totally kicked ass on right. food. I mean, when you found out who won, it was a surprise, wasn't it? Um, well, I didn't even get that they kicked. Well, here, okay, here's my point. I didn't think that they kicked ass on food. Oh, I, mean, I, I got that impression. Watching, oh yeah, watching. Oh, it I felt the... just by the judges' comments that like no one really kicked ass on food. Oh no, I thought that the girls did a lot better. Oh, job I didn't really based get on that. how it was edited anyway. I mean, you know, we, who knows what right. we don't see? But I mean, the guys. I thought it was going to be another seemed... one of those where they're like, "Well, no one was great, but you were a little better." Yeah, no, I, I definitely got the impression that they liked the girls' food a lot more than the guys. But I mean, you couldn't even compare the service at all. Right. From what they showed, anyway, the girl service was terrible. But that's not what they're there for. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Um, and then Tyler went home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't know what I think about the whole. You know, I don't really like it when they do at, at this stage of the game when there's only eight people left to do a guys versus girls. I think it's just kind of dumb. Well, I mean, judging by them, it's supposed to be the four best guys and best girls of what they had so 
But being a guy or being a girl has nothing to do with being a great chef. It's just arbitrary no, at that point. It was, yeah. So I don't know. I don't think they were trying to make some kind of. No, no, no. There. I don't. I don't either. It's just I just don't like it when people group people like that because it's well, always they save less... five minutes from them having to pick <laughs> knives with colors on it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it always just seems so arbitrary. I mean, can't you just see that meeting? Like, well, we gotta pick the knives again. Well, just make it boys girls. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. Um, but yeah, but uh, I don't know. You know, the the thing about the thing about Top Chef is that I get the sense a lot of times the last couple seasons in particular, that people are just trying to do like wacky stuff for the sake of doing wacky stuff. And a lot of time the food sounds like meticulous and difficult to make, but it doesn't necessarily sound like it would taste that good. Right. You know, and that's... that's well, I think in that case, what they're trying to do is show what they know rather than... Yeah, but I don't care about that. I don't care what right. somebody knows. I just want them to give me good food. But they're not cooking for you. They're cooking for judges who are going to be impressed by the, their breadth of knowledge. But they also want it to taste good. Absolutely. And that comes across well, in every I mean, judge. That's the gamble they make. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. That's why I can't get too excited about those restaurants that are all just about, you know, wacky preparations, whether it's molecular gastronomy or traditional cooking methods. You know, when people are but, doing you stuff. Know, those, but let me say, in, the, in those places' defense, those places. Yeah, they want their food to be tasty, but that's not what the restaurant's about. It's about the experience. You go to Moto. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not about that you're going to have the best meal ever. It's going to you're going to have the most unusual meal ever. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if that's my thing as far as food goes. Oh, yeah, I mean, you got to go in knowing that that's what right. you're going for. Have you been there? No. Oh, okay. I I'm not into that kind and of And you thing. haven't been to Alenia? No. Or next? No. Okay. What about the uh girl and the goat? No. You still haven't eaten there? No. Oh. I for some reason I thought you did a few months back. I went to that dinner. Right, but you didn't eat you haven't eaten no. at the restaurant. We should go there. No? Sure. You seem nonplussed by the whole idea. You don't care? I don't know. I'm kind of over that whole trend. What trend? The whole like you know, there and Longman and Eagle and, and I've been to Longman and Eagle. But what what's the trend that the you're whole referring to? Gastropub porky heavy Oh. You know, yeah, they have a lot of stuff. It's not, it's not really. Well, first of all, it's goat there, not pork. Do you have any pork? <coughs> no, they do. But what I'm saying is, there's like a little section on the menu of goat, but everything else is everything else. Oh, yeah. It's not like goat in everything. There's like a goat section on the menu. You know what I mean? But the rest of the menu is just whatever. Right. Um. But uh, I'd like to, I'd like to try it again. It'd be interesting to go with you. You know, versus one of my friends who doesn't know anything. About food. But anyway, um, so now you said you have some I do. And I'm juicy not, gossip. I don't even feel bad saying it. Okay. Because I don't think it could be traced back to me so, uh, how I got this information. So let, let's preface this by saying that there's kind of a theme through this season of, of Top Chef that Beverly Kim is picked on a lot. Right. And the, the way the show is presented anyway, you feel sorry for her a lot. So with that in mind, and knowing that it could never be, that I, it would never be traced back to me who told me this, but I know someone who worked for her at a restaurant in Chicago, you mm-hmm. know, cause she's from Chicago. And, uh, she said she was very like passive aggressive and very moody. Like one day she'd come in and she'd be really nice, but then she, uh, you know, yeah, turn, turn immediately and just have a tantrum and, uh, and she just said she was a very like one of the most difficult chefs she had to work for just because you never knew where her head was at and she just was like a little crazy but the the juicy gossip here is that 
two of the dishes that she's made on this. Oh, let me, I'm sorry, let me backtrack a little. The restaurant that my friend worked at for her, she had replaced the original chef of that restaurant. Okay. So she came in and introduced a couple of her own dishes, but they still kind of stayed with the original. I mean, this was years ago. She said Beverly wasn't married or had kids yet. So like, it's probably earlier in her career. It's been a while. Yeah. So she had come into this already established restaurant. I won't even say the name of the restaurant. Already established restaurant that was made famous by its original chef. She came in, made a couple of her own dishes, but most of the menu was still stayed this the old. same from the other chef. Yeah. Well, two of that chef's dishes oh, have no. appeared on Top Chef, <laughs> oh, and she had, dear. one of them she had like won a challenge with this other chef's recipe. Wow! From that restaurant, she stole to a tea. She to a tea. stole the pee puree. Uh, <laughs> this was a pee, another pee puree incident, wasn't it? But isn't that unbelievable? She said every um, ingredient, plating, and everything was to a tea. Well, let's put it this way. It's one thing to be inspired or even steal a little, but to a Yeah, tea? let's put it this way. I've heard enough stories from enough people who have worked in the restaurant industry to know that uh, it's not uncommon for chefs to steal other chefs' recipes or even recipes out of, out of you know, a magazine. Like right? A magazine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But um, I mean, when you're on a yeah, competition. I mean, obviously, and, obviously. And you're on TV saying if it's that a competition this is the dish your I skill, came up with. Right. And right. a handful of people, you know, in the know who are connected to her know that that's not hers. Right. That's it really. Just, it's just so funny because I felt sorry for her through the whole season. And now knowing this, I'm just like. So, okay. So so we're at the same point. Who do you think is going to win or who do you think you, know, you would like to see even, win? You know, when I watch, I'm not even that invested. I don't. I mean, what, it's what entertaining is the, to me. What is. But. Paul? Is that the other Asian guy? Not Edward. But the is his name Paul or Chris? No, I don't know. Um, I think he seems kind of like maybe the one to beat. Um, I don't Sarah. Even though Sarah's kind of a bully or you know not nice. Yeah, I think she's talented. I think she'll make it toward the end. I'm sure all these te- chefs are talented for the most part. No, but I mean, I mean even on the show, she's been solid, hasn't she? Uh, yeah. I mean, she's had a few slips like anyone else. But hey, have you been following this uh, Last Chance Kitchen? No, not at all. Well, apparently. Oh, I just saw who was kicked off the last episode. Okay, well, don't tell me, but just look up that guy's name, please. But the girl who, uh, or the last, that's where, like, if you get kicked off, you still have a chance to come back. Like, they're going to bring one person back. Right. For the finale or for when? Uh, To compete, maybe. I don't know. I don't know when they would finally bring them back. I I would assume they want everyone to have a chance. Okay. So whoever keeps winning, like, you have to Right, it's like an elimination thing, one person, Naisha... Has yeah. won every week. She's beaten every p- person really? ever since she's gotten kicked and off. And it's just people voting for it online. No, no, it's oh, you know what? I don't know. I've never okay. watched it. Okay, but I mean, how would how could people vote for it if they don't taste it? I mean, they're making food. Yeah. So I'd imagine yeah. there's still judges involved. Yeah, you must be right. Um, oh damn! I hate that I just saw it was kicked Can off. You look up that guy's episode. name. Can I tell you it was kicked off? Latest. No, episode? I'm gonna well, watch why, it. Why do I have to see it? Well, that's not. I didn't do that. So I don't want to. But you had me look. I don't want to be punished for your incompetence with the computer. Well, if you remember this guy's name, I wouldn't have looked this up. Well, that's not my problem. <laughs> we sound like children, <laughs> and I don't even know where to find where. How about contestants? It's that's not usually... that easy. Really? I I turn this to you, but you'll see who was kicked off. Uh. Yeah, I don't want to see that. It doesn't say contestants. Really? Oh, bios. Uh, how about bios? Yeah, bios. There bios you go. would make sense. Maybe under bios. Tom Colicchio. Is Padma on there? Padma Lakshmi? Yeah, the bios are all about the... Oh, no, here we go. So what was your question? The, the Asian guy who's not Edward. 
What's his name? Paul. Paul. Okay. I think he kind of seems like one of the, he might make yeah. it all the way to the end. So you think it's going to be him and Sarah? Perhaps. Yeah. And oh, one Chris more, right? Chris isn't bad, is he? Chris Which? is the good looking guy? Blonde guy? He's gone. Oh, is he? Yeah, he left like two weeks ago. See, it shows how much I pay attention. There you go. Oh, by the way, I saw an interview with, uh, sadly, it was on that horrible Andy Cohen show, but it would just happen <laughs> to be You know that show is going to be on every night it now? It's already on every night. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But he was, uh, he was interviewed. Hey, I got one for you, uh, Bravo. Watch what happens when I don't watch that show. <laughs> well, you know why it's on every night is because people were watching more of that than any other talk show at night. Isn't that unbelievable? That is unbelievable. He's so it. unlikable, that guy. I know. Hugh Atkinson was on there. Yeah, you know the unibrow yeah, yeah. judge. Yeah, and uh, and so he does this thing where he the asks, guy who kind of looks like Sam the Eagle from <laughs> exactly the Muppets. Um, he asked him these questions, and he's only he asked him three questions, and he's only allowed to plead the fifth on one. And one of the questions he asked, he goes, "What celebrity chef do you completely don't give any credence to? Like you think he's a complete hack?" And you know what his answer was? Guy Fieri. <laughs> Is anyone Which, surprised yeah, by no, that? No, not at all. But it's funny. It's funny to hear him actually say it. Yeah. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> I wonder if they actually know each other. I don't know. That is really funny. Um, okay, so we both also watched the first episode of Face Off, yes. which is the special effects show on sci-fi that my friend Jerry is on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he won the first challenge, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't do so great in the second challenge, but he had immunity, so that's okay. Um, but I think the the show in general is really cool. Like I've never really, seen it before. No, I really you never liked watched any of the first, first no, season. No, I never saw the first season. Oh. I thought it was really cool, like seeing how they came up with this stuff, and oh. you know, just just what their creations were. What I did think was weird it's about cool that, to see though, the process. Yeah, that's what I enjoy the most. Yeah. I never think, even in the first season, none of the end results are really. I mean, they're only given a short amount of time, so you can't expect right. You know, right? Because some of this motion stuff, picture quality some of this stuff, stuff would take weeks right. on a you know at, at the very least on and a, a lot of like trial and error and more than one person. Right. working on something right. you know you a, a lot of times but um but i i will say that you know for the elimination challenge they had to reimagine four of the characters in the wizard of oz and they had to have a consistent theme through all of them i didn't understand why they were so crazy about the girl's witch because to me it totally did not fit in their tribal thing she looked egyptian to me whereas the rest of them just looked almost you know horror related like the right. guy stuff so i i kind of didn't get that at all but uh, I really liked, I actually really liked Jerry's witch face that he did. But the rest of the witch was just kind of boring. She, you know, she just had on a black dress and a right. pointy hat and stuff. Um, what did you think of it? It's all right. I mean, I find it entertaining. I, I don't, you know. Yeah. That's it? You got no comments? No. No comments. Okay. Uh, you still watching Revenge? Oh, <laughs> it's so good. It's got. I can't wait to be able to see it sometime. I'm not going to ruin anything, but something like happened that like just turned the whole thing on its ear. So the, what they showed in the commercial where somebody actually confronts her about who she really is. Uh, well, that's every that happens. Oh, it does. Oh, okay. okay. Well, because they know she's got secrets. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, but uh, no, you find something out about a character that just changes. Blows your mind. Oh my god. Does it blow your mind? I didn't even see last night, so I can't even wait to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, wish they would do like some kind of marathon or put them all on on demand or something so we could watch them. But no such luck so far, as far as I know. It's on Hulu. Hulu is Plus. It? You got to pay for that though, right? It's like seven bucks a month. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it worth it to have every season of Saturday Night Live for seven bucks? Well, a month? yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know what's interesting about that? I especially looked... if you watch them all in one month. Uh... <laughs> 
You don't have well, to pay for a year, right? Well, you can do that. You can just pay for one month and watch it all then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, seven bucks. That's how yeah. much. It's, that's less than what it costs to go to a movie. Yeah, we get the whole season done in a month easy. Huh? We get the whole season done in a month easy. I mean, but there's lots of other shows too. I mean, I, I love having Hulu. Um, but what was I going to say? You know, it's one thing I noticed on the Saturday Night Lives is that, uh, and I know it's just for license, licensing reasons, is that uh, there's never any music musical numbers. Oh. Even when they do, because I was looking for, uh, do you remember that skit they did with Justin Timberlake and Beyonce where he was one of the, you probably don't remember this. No. But him and Bobby Moynihan and Andy Samberg were his her background dancers in the okay. video. I was looking for that skit, and then I like went online, and I realized it's because there's no music numbers. In any? Even the ones from the 80s? No, no mus- none of the musical wow. guests. Wow. And uh, anything that uses like, a real like recording. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That is kind of weird because well, I because would they'd think... have to pay licensing for it. Right, that. but the thing the thing about that is I I you know, I was always under the impression that the reason the musical acts go on there is to promote whatever they're doing at the time. So rather than like Saturday Night Live, you know, well, I mean, it's mutually beneficial. Right. You know, SNL gets viewers who just want to see the band and the band gets exposure to people who don't know them already. Or don't know about their new stuff. Right. So I, I just... <laughs> Which blew up in their faces last week because they had this girl on, Lana Del Rey, who I'd never heard of before this was even on. And uh, she came on to sing her song, which I guess is a hit right now, but her album hasn't even been released yet. Okay. It's the first time ever on Saturday Night Live they brought an artist on that does not have an album out yet. Okay, so she's a brand new artist. Brand new, but uh, but her single apparently has like Exploded. just skyrocketed. Yeah. yeah. So she brought her on. Well, she has like not much like... Experience. Experience completely froze. And now Saturday Night Live is taking all this backlash because it was terrible. Wow. It was painful. I couldn't even watch it. And not even so much not even so much that she like looked awkward or looked nervous. It just to me it just was like boring. And the song, I I don't know how that song's a hit. It's just a slow, like Yeah. Rambling <laughs> mess <boring> song. <laughs> slow rambling mess. Um yeah, I remember when Natalie and Brulia first came on the scene and she was live on TV so, and couldn't sing. You're the only one that remembers that. You commented on it. On what? On her singing, on Letterman or something like that. About about At the time, I mean, you said, wow. She... It's weird the things that you hold on to and the things that you don't. I hold on to everything. <laughs> You're a hoarder in that sense. I am. Uh, let's see. Okay, so we have actually not been watching much in the way of uh, Smallville because, because we've been watching season three. Girl. What? No, <laughs> that's not the reason. Uh, we've been watching season three of Castle, which uh, it is such a good show. The chemistry between the two leads, and actually, and the the support characters too, is really really great. And there's so many funny things on that show. They make a lot of pop culture references, uh-huh. so there are a lot of funny things on there. Like there, and, and then just like some of the writing is just kind of funny. Like you know, people make fun of all the the chains, like um, you know, Bennigan's and Houlihan's stuff, stuff like that. So there was this one episode where they were talking about this like famous classic bar in New York City that, and I don't know if it was fictitious just for the show, but it was you know one that had been there since Prohibition and it had a long history. And the guy who owned it was you know he was losing money and he wanted to sell it, and so he was complaining about how the chain, I'm assuming TJ TJ McChucklenuts wanted to buy the bar and turn it into one of theirs. So that was like a theme then through that episode. But some of the stories, because you know it's like it's a it's a murder mystery show, basically. Right. And some of the m- stories that come up with are so clever and really, really fun. 
Um, and then I they do say some, that that's on Hulu Plus. Is you it? You could just watch all those on there. Rather, than, are you getting them through Netflix? Uh, no, I got the DVDs for Christmas. The the Blu-ray for Christmas, mm-hmm. or no DVD. It's not on Blu-ray for some reason, which is right. really weird. That is weird. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a really really fun show. Uh, and I just, I just really like Nathan Fillion. I mean, I always enjoy stuff that he's in. But it's, I mean, it's actually a very good show. Um, and then, uh, so let's talk about American Idol, really quickly. Okay. Uh, season eleven started, and one of the things that they were doing this season, and I don't know how much they're going to do it, but I thought it was kind of interesting, is they're having, they're intercutting videos that people are shooting of themselves during their process of auditioning and going on the show and all that sort of thing so since people are so you know connected to facebook what are you holding in your hand there notes because i was going to talk about it but i don't think i'm going to use these because you didn't see it last night um but uh because i never remember anybody's name at the beginning um but what was it but so that was kind of fun but one of the comments that i want to make about the show and i think one of the reasons i enjoy it so much more than things like the voice or uh, x factor is because the show as big as the show is, they totally have fun with the format and they don't take it too seriously. Like there was this one girl on last night who was just crazy in love with Steven Tyler, this girl from New York. And she was kind of like, she was kind of a piece of work and, you know, sounded like a two carton a day habit kind of girl and stuff like that. So there's one point where they're interviewing her and she's, she was making some comment about Steven Tyler and she said, you know, so he's, he's my, you know, future (laughs) ex-husband. And then they just looped her laugh. So it was like, (laughs) and then they started putting an echo on it. So it was like the crazy psycho laugh and just the stuff like that, that they do to really let you get to know the contestants, I think is so much more engaging than the other shows. And I think that's one of the reasons I like it so much still. But this was kind of funny. One of the first contestants who was on there was this kid who a couple years ago was in a singing competition with Scotty McCreary and he won. He beat Scotty McCreary, which I thought was kind of funny. So, you know, he made it through to Hollywood, obviously. But um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who I need to mention specifically. There's no one you need to mention. Huh? Oh, <laughs> there was this one girl who I have to mention. So this girl, this girl comes on. Her name was Shannon. I can't remember her last name. So you sat and took notes during this. Well, I just jotted down little yeah. scribbles of people's names. Her name was Shannon, and her dad was a professional baseball player, and he was in the uh, World Series, right? Yeah. Right? In yeah, in, in the 80s. So, um, <laughs> I forget where the World Series took place, but or maybe he was talking about Savannah because this the the auditions took place in Savannah. Mm-hmm. So this girl comes in and she's a cute girl, and she's like fifteen years old and six feet tall. She's like crazy tall and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they were asking her about her family and and she talks about her dad. And so they're like, "Well, go get your dad. Bring him on in here." So they bring in the whole family. So she's got like sisters and brothers and mothers and aunts and then her dad. And the dad comes over and he shakes hands with Randy and stuff like that and. And Steven Tyler, <laughs> Steven Tyler says to the dad, he goes, hey, what do you think of Savannah, huh? And he goes, oh, it's hot here. He goes, yep, hot human and happening, just like your daughter. And the room, <laughs> the, room went, <laughs> the room went quiet. And Steven Tyler makes his face like, ooh, I guess I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and I mean, you should have seen the expression on the dad's face. He was just like so like stern-faced after that. And I mean, like everybody started to stop talking. And even Randy looked over at Steven and he's like, what? Saying to this girl's dad, it was really funny. That's funny. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. There was some sob story about a girl who lives in a tent because they can't afford a hundred dollar a week hotel. It's like really hundred dollar a week hotel. Where do they have those? I'll go live there instead of what I'm paying for my mortgage. A hundred dollar a week hotel. What? Um, oh, it's sad the amount of notes you have. And then, and then you there was take this, this way too. Okay, seriously. wait a sec. Well, I thought we were going to talk about it, and I wanted to, be I able to mention people. Even if I had watched it, I wouldn't want to talk. Okay, about so it to anyway, so there's this one girl on who I guess auditioned last year. Her name was Skylar. I don't know if you remember her brother no. who actually made it through because they auditioned together last year. Her brother Colton made it. He had like a really tall head and he played the piano. Um, but anyway, so she came back to audition again and they remembered her and they asked about her brother and she said, yeah, he's with me, but he's not auditioning. They're like, what? They're like, why? You know, he made it pretty far. Why isn't he auditioning again? So they made her. That's the that's the brother. She brought him up on there so you could see him. Um, so they made her go out and get him and bring him in and they made him audition and they put them both through, even though he didn't even have like a number or anything. Right. And they kept cutting to the girl while he was auditioning, the sister. She was so pissed because she like, it was like, obviously he was like stealing her limelight. Right. And um, it was actually. So, you know, he'll go farther than she will. Yeah. I, she was actually a lot better than him. Oh. I thought. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. There's nobody else really. Oh, except the last guy who was on, who brought a guitar with him and played a version of, played and sang a version of Thriller. I don't know if he wrote it, like arranged it or if he got it from somewhere else, but it was really, really cool. That was that was a really cool performance, but uh, it's gonna be on again tonight. So now you'll have like four hours of American Idol that you can watch. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care. Well, you know, I never really big in this part of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then the only other thing I want to mention that I saw was I online I watched a documentary about the Spinners called Unsung. It's just about the history of the band. Uh, you know, very popular '70s band had. Some... Unsung is actually a series. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's they, it's like documentaries about lesser known, okay, like R and B. It's okay. on TV one. Gotcha. Okay, so I guess it was an episode about them, and uh, I watched it online, and it was really good because I've always I've always liked them. I, I loved the sound of the lead singer's voice and um all that kind of stuff. But it was really sad. I mean, they had some really big, big, big hits in the seventies. Never won a Grammy. Never been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or anything like that. And, you know, like two of the original band members are still in the band and they brought younger people in to sing with them, but they still perform and stuff. Um, are but they that getting was, paid? They're getting paid. I don't well, know it if they're too bad paid. for them. Well, I feel kind of bad for them. You should feel too bad. Because I think they were every bit as good as like Earth, Wind, and Fire and they've had no all these. No way. You what? cannot say the Spinners are better than Earth, Wind, and Fire. Absolutely not. No, I said they're every bit as good as them. They're not. I totally disagree. <laughs> Absolutely not. I totally disagree. How can well, you say that? Because look at the catalog of Earth, Wind, and Fire versus the catalog of the Spinners. Okay, name five Earth, Wind, and Fire songs. Boogie Nights. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe that's my first choice. Um, Fantasy. Okay. I'm forgetting their coming. biggest one. Huh? September. September. After the Love is Gone. See, right. you're doing it for me. Okay, but the look at the Spinners. Uh, I'll Be Around, one of the best songs of the 70s. Um, Subjective. Could It Be I'm Falling in Love? Uh, it's a Shame. That was a great song. Games people play. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Well, I mean, obviously, music's subjective. So I know, but I'm just saying they were every bit as accomplished as a band like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, they weren't at, as successful at the time. They, they as... were. They were. They had tons of number one hits. Oh, come on! Not in as fact, many as Earth, Wind, and Fire. They had more, more number one hits than Earth, Wind, and Fire. I in fact, I think the only band in the '70s who had more number one hits than them were the Jacksons, and that was one of the things that they talked about in the documentary. So you know, know you're incorrect that. about that. But anyway, it was a really good documentary. 
and a little bit sad because like the lead singer has like no teeth anymore, but yet he's still singing. He can still get teeth. Can I wouldn't sing? feel too can bad you, for them. Can you? <laughs> that reminds me, I watched an entire, teeth? Uh, and it was really entertaining, an entire uh, documentary on Bill Withers called Still Bill, and it was really interesting because he had a terrible stuttering problem, and it was just, the whole documentary is about how he's just always been this everyday guy, he never wanted to go Hollywood, and that's why he never, like he could have been like, Bigger Enormous. than Norris. Yeah. But he just chose not to. But so I watched this whole thing and I really like I'm like, oh my God, he's such a nice guy. And then short right shortly after I had seen it, I read all these stories because I wanted to know about more how about nasty he was. About how he was like a woman beater. And yeah. Like, that's yeah. always nice. That's always Funny nice. Funny how they don't touch on any of that yeah. in the documentary. Now what was his what was he most Lean on me. Lean on me, right? Yeah. Head. But uh, Ain't No Sunshine. Oh. I like that one a lot better than Lean On Me. I think it's a better song. Um, is that all you got? Yeah, you want to go into mis- <laughs> Isn't that enough? You want to go into miscellaneous? Yes. Uh, I thought we talked a little about the Golden Globes, which were this past weekend. Um, Did so, anyone win? Well, yeah, there's always a winner. Oh, that's nice. A lot of losers. Oh, that's nice. I have to nice. say, Ricky Gervais was not as biting as he was last year. Last year, no. Yeah. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. but because you know, Was they he kept- good, though? Yeah, no, he was entertaining. He was funny. He was funny. Yeah. But you know they kept touting it like, oh, wait to see what he does this year, and then like, right. if you're well, gonna hype to get it like that, watch. Yeah, yeah, if you're gonna hype it like that, you know, let him let him do something. How would they even know what he was gonna do this year? I mean, right, I know, you know. Well, I'm sure he's writers. I'm sure, yeah, all that stuff didn't just come off the top of his head. No. Uh, let me just get to some of the winners from TV. I'm sorry, it's all. You knew we were doing this podcast in advance. I know, didn't but you? it's it's intermixed with the the best television series drama was Homeland. Oh, so that's cool. Well uh, deserved, I feel. Performance by an actress in a drama, Claire Danes. Yeah, deserved. Well Actor deserved. Actor in a television series drama, Kelsey Grammer in that in that Showtime show about the mayor of Chicago. I already told you about that. Oh I yeah, so I didn't like it. Wow. Uh, Modern Family won best comedy. Surprise, surprise. Laura Dern won for Enlightened. She should win for craziest weirdo. Well, that's what she's playing, and she won. She okay. won. She won an award for being herself. Oh, well, then there you go. Um, and it's a shame because she was up against Zoe Deschanel, Laura Linney, Amy Poehler. Wow. Uh, Matt LeBlanc won Best Actor in a Comedy. For? For episodes. That's pretty uh, funny. Is, that, that, back that. Is no, that back no, yet? Is that back yet? Yeah. Uh, Kate Winslet won for Mildred Pierce, which you know I loved. Yep. And it's about, oh, Jessica Lang won for uh, American Horror Story. Really? Yeah, she was great in that. Yeah. Now, somebody else I was talking to about this said that they heard that the next season is going to be all the same people, but playing different characters in a different scenario somewhere else. That person's wrong. Okay. So all the actors are going to be all different? Who is it? I don't remember. It's 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 everything's going to be different. Okay. It's going to be a completely different location. It's not even going to be the same. Different house. story, different house, different location, It'll different be another actors, haunted, different characters. Haunted place. Right. Like but, a, maybe a haunted gas station or a haunted shopping mall? Yes. Okay. Now, do you think it'll be as scary as something like that old film Chopping Mall where everything costs an arm and a leg? It's <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Yeah, that was a great uh, classic film. Okay, I called this in our last episode. After just two episodes, ABC has canceled the disastrous sitcom Work It. That's that bosom buddy. You know what's so funny is that I just saw a promo for it. Really? Yeah, they canceled like it. two or three nights ago. That's not possible. It was canceled like four or five days ago. That's really weird. Huh. Um, A&E is currently developing a Psycho prequel series, which will center around the young Norman Bates. Eh, that could be good. Eh, I guess. It all depends on the writing. 
Yeah. And the story. CW is bringing another DC Comics superhero to the small screen. The Green Arrow will get his own series. The same guy fall. who played him on Smallville? Oh, the, he was on Smallville? Yeah, he's probably. a central character, especially in later seasons. Oh, probably then. Um, Justin Hartley, I believe, is the actor's name. Um, Maybe then. But, uh, I don't think they've announced yet who. But I would assume. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of well, weird. Well, I mean, can you think of a less... Well, I know. mean, granted, I don't know anything about the comic books, but at least in the show... He doesn't have any superpowers. He's just just shoots an arrow. Well trained, with a bow and arrow and tights. I mean, aren't there more exciting like heroes they could have picked? Even Aquaman. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like the lamest super superhero like, ever. We can't afford the water. <laughs> That's a lot of water. You know how much water it takes to do an Aquaman show? <laughs> I would love to do it. Trust me, I would love to do the Aquaman show. But we're going with the Green Arrow because you don't need as much water. <laughs> Just, just an occasional sticks. drink now and again. Some sticks and a string. Maybe That's in all a cup of coffee. <laughs> I mean, come on. A, a bendy stick. You need a little bit of a rope. You need a funny hat. You need some tights. You don't need all that water. Water's not cheap. You see what a bottle of Evian costs these days? Uh, for a couple seasons now, Glee fans have wondered who would eventually be cast as Rachel's dads. Well, here's their answer. Jeff Goldblum and Broadway's Brian Stokes Mitchell. I think they could have come up with Broadway more. as in the theater district, or yes. is there a show called Broadway no, that I don't know? Theater about. district. Okay. I think they could have come up with more exciting. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Goldblum, really? <laughs> what did he start having kids when he was eighty? I mean, well, no, they adopted. They're a gay couple oh, who adopted. Yeah. Remember, because her mother. Well, but well, you I don't know. Adopted. I don't know the story. You don't know about the Glee. <laughs> I don't know about the Glee. Um, I get no Glee from Glee. Sean Hayes from Will and Grace in the upcoming Three Stooges film will appear on an upcoming episode of Parks and Recreation. I cannot believe how good he looks in that role. Have you seen the preview for it? Uh, I mean, like, I I never would have guessed that was him, even. You know who was originally supposed to play that role? I mean, first in talks. I don't know if he, like, signed anything, but but, uh, Sean Penn. I just rolled my eyes. (laughs) Um, And then the guy who plays... Well, the guy who plays Curly is, like, spot on. Yeah. Is he somebody famous? Yeah, he's a comedian. And then the guy who plays Mo. The Mo. I don't think I, I had ever seen him before, yeah. but he he was really good in the preview anyway. Yeah. I that mean, be good. Yeah. I think it's it, Fairly Brothers, though, so that's... Yeah, hit or miss. Hit or miss, yeah. And finally, AMC has finally announced that Mad Men will return this March. You still haven't started watching that yet, either. You I got know, the I Blu-rays two, on that. I still have two seasons that I haven't seen, also. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even seen the first season. Okay. We're that far behind. It's really good, but you just have to be in the mood for it because it's very slow moving. You yeah. might not like it because it's very slow moving. Yeah. You know what, though? I'll just like it just for the scenery. Oh, be yeah. Honest, because cool. I just. And the music and the clothes. Yeah. And the, yeah. I mean, I just love the. Well, I don't care about the fashion as much, really, but the definitely all the furniture. Uh, when you see Christina Hendricks, you won't mind the fashion. I won't mind the lack of fashion if there's the lack of fashion with Christina Hendricks. Uh, I'm just saying. If you know what I'm saying. Not a lot of luck. Whatever. Christina Hendricks, as far as I'm concerned, is part of the scenery that I'll be interested in ah. on that show. Um, but no, I mean, just all the furniture and design and decor and architecture and stuff like that. Um, speaking of which, I did a voiceover recently at uh, Ogilvy in Chicago. And, you know, David Ogilvy was one of the, like, old old school ad men. And um, their, their little lobby area at their offices was really, really cool and had some just amazing mid-century modern furniture in it that I was seriously furniture lusting after. It was so cool. And very comfortable, too. You didn't leave a stain in there. I did not. I did not do that. But thanks for taking it in that direction (laughs) on our family 
podcast. Um, is that all we have for TV? That's it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about movies. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk about movies. What have you seen? Well, you know it is award season, and I have not seen any of the movies that are talked about. I don't even know what's being talked about. Uh, well, I'm about to talk about a couple of them. Okay. I don't know why. I just have no interest in the award shows anymore. I don't care what they are. The Grannies, the Golden Globes. <laughs> the Tinies. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the uh, Folgers Choice Awards, whatever that one's called. <laughs> Uh, I, I just I just don't care. They're like so long and boring, and they're so they're so like written feeling that I just you know whatever. Because they're written. I know, but <laughs> they seem they. I used to get the impression that they were much more organic, and I know they weren't. I know they were always written, but they just felt less staged in previous years. And then I've never liked any of the award shows related to MTV because they're just ridiculous. Yeah. Just ridiculous. But anyway, so I don't even know what's up for anything. What's up? Uh, well, nominations come out for the Oscars on Tuesday. Yeah. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Um, not this past Tuesday. No. <laughs> they come out last week. Uh, but you can always tell by what's nominated and what wins at the Golden Globes on what are the front runners to, you know, be up for the Oscar. Yeah. So I saw a couple that are in talks to at least be nominated for some acting categories. So okay. I, first I saw Midnight in Paris, okay. which is a new Woody Allen movie. Woody Allen movie plus Owen Wilson. Two of your favorite things in the entire <laughs> exactly. world. <laughs> but I have to say, I enjoyed it. I did not hate I, it. You know, I heard good things about the movie I from did not everyone I know who saw didn't it. Didn't love it, but yeah. I did not hate it. I was entertained, and I will say it's a good movie. Yeah, everyone I know who saw it enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my issues with it are my issues with Woody Allen movies. They're more with Woody Allen than they are with Owen Wilson. I mean, Owen Wilson was... Was did what he it. was given to do. Yeah. Portray a Woody Allen character. Right. I mean, Woody Allen. What is it with Woody Allen that even if he's not in the movie, someone has to play him in the movie? I'm telling you, you gotta see it's, you gotta see match point. There was no Woody <laughs> Allen in that movie. I know, but that's rare that, that did happens. Did you see that? You didn't no. see that. That was actually a very no. good movie. I mean, my other issue, I mean, that's my disturbing, one issue. Disturbing, really disturbing too. I mean, you, you had Hannah and her sisters where Michael Caine played Woody Allen. Right. This movie where Owen Wilson plays Woody Allen. Kenneth Branagh played him in Celebrity. Right. Um but the story is good here. Uh, my other issue with Woody Allen is that he writes dialogue that, like, people just don't speak. You would like never that. say no. any of those things. No, in real and life. it's just so like the so like down on yourself character that he plays. Right. Um, I don't know. I find that the Woody Allen movies I really enjoy are when that character, which the two I'm going to mention, are, he's playing that character, are the ones where he's down on himself, but like. The other person is like, how do I say this? They make more sense than him, right? Because usually he makes himself to be, even though he's down on himself. Smart. Yeah, he's like always wise, got the hot girl, say, and he's right. wiser than everyone else, and he's the one that triumphs at the yeah. end. Well, I mean, the two movies that I really like of his, that's not the case, which are Annie Hall, right, and uh, Mighty Aphrodite. Yeah, and even though Annie Hall and then uh, Mira Sorvino in in those two movies are playing kind of like you know, yeah. oddballs. Right. They're still the one with more of a head on their shoulders than him. Yeah. Right. So I guess for that, I appreciate it. But getting back to this movie, um, it was interesting because the, the movie is about, uh, I think I'm not giving anything away about just saying what the movie's about. 
uh, Owen Wilson and his fiance, played by Rachel McAdams, are in Paris with her family, and uh, and he falls in love with Paris. And while he's out like wandering, he's a writer. He's out wandering one night. He gets into this car with this stranger. It's like, hey, come with us, come with us. And he ends up in like 1920s Paris, back at the like golden age. Well, yeah, it's a fantasy movie. But yeah, you have a problem with Alcatraz. Well, I know that this effect. No, but that's no, that's different. What? Don't compare the two. You Why? can't compare the two. How can you not compare the two? They both start off in the real world and then go somewhere else. Yeah, but that's expecting you to to lend. Uh, wait, what was the phrase? That's a uh, uh, suspension of disbelief too far, <laughs> or bridge of uh, br- yeah yeah suspension bridge of disbelief too far. Right. Um, I mean, this one you go in knowing it's a fantasy. And so what's cool, he goes back to 1920s Paris. Again, I'm rolling my eyes. Where he's hanging out with F. Scott Fitzgerald and uh, Josephine Baker and Gertrude Stein, Pablo Picasso, all played by, you know, big stars. and uh, Not played by themselves? No. <laughs> but I have to say, Adrian Brody as Salvador Dali. Yeah. Was really awesome. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it just, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Despite my issues with Woody Allen movies. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And there's, there was no, a little I, lesson to be told in the movie, and, and I got that from it. And, yeah. I definitely think at some point you should see Matchpoint because it's not it's not like a typical Woody Allen film. I mean, it's uh, it was very disturbing, actually. Is that Kirsten Dunst again? I know we, I ask this every time. No. No, that was Wimbledon. So this is Scarlett Johansson? Yes. Right. And some other people who you would recognize. Yeah. But I can't recall their names right now. Anyway, Peter uh, Sarsgaard, I think. I'll give this a uh, thumbs up. Cool. If we're doing well, that's that. good. If we're doing that, sure, now. you can do a thumbs up pretty much whenever you want. Uh, the movie, I, the other movie I saw, yeah. I really enjoyed Moneyball. Moneyballs with Brad Pitt. Sure, the Moneyballs with Brad Pitt <laughs> and uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yep, Robin Penn. Yep, baseball movie. Uh, it is a baseball movie, but sort this of. is the perfect example of it doesn't matter what the movies, what the backdrop of a movie right. is, if the story and the writing are good. Right now, one of the writers of this movie is Aaron Sorkin, who wrote West Social Wayne. Network. So I mean, he knows how to write a good movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, very entertaining, though you know the subject wasn't something that I know much about. Right. But uh, it was exciting, and and the acting was good, and I really enjoyed it. That's cool. And it, it was it was something I didn't know much about. Like it would going into it, you mean? Well, I mean, I didn't subject. know about. It takes place. Uh, it's about the Oakland A's, and they lost their big players. So, um, Brad Pitt's character devises this plan. Because it's a true story, right? Somewhat. I mean, based on a well, true that was story. the thing. I, I I watch it, and it's a pretty fantastic story. So I went online to find out how much of it was true, and they 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 bend the rules or yeah, yeah. bend the I truth mean, based a lot based on a true story yeah to yeah. bring it to I mean to make it interesting there's a website that shows all the inaccuracies and right. there's a ton yeah. but I mean it was entertaining nonetheless right Brad Pitt was never in the the uh, no, Major League Baseball no, not at all <laughs> Jonah Hill but I have to say people are saying that Brad Pitt should be nominated for an Oscar for this movie I mean he's solid in it but yeah. I don't think he does anything above people just like Brad Pitt yeah you know what I mean I that's one does. of the things if that anything, drives me crazy if about the Oscars for this movie, believe it or not I can't believe I'm about to say this Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill was really good in it yeah I would buy that for a dollar but uh and then you know Amy and I were talking the other night about how reality TV has become the TV that movies used to make fun of right like that guy you know that I'd buy that for a dollar it's like I'm surprised there isn't a show on TV right now <laughs> called I'd buy that for a dollar I mean the shows that are on TV are just so ridiculous I agree. But anyway. Uh, for my classic film project, I watched this over the holidays, and I forgot to mention it last okay. time. I saw Heavenly Creatures, which was the first movie with Kate Winslet. The first movie ever? Yeah. 
Is that really old? Uh, it's a while back. And the director was Peter Jackson. Wow. Before he was famous. And it's a really disturbing, it's based on a true story, really disturbing, disturbing movie, but really well done. And you can totally see, even though Peter Jackson is known for like Lord of the Rings and King Kong. Yeah. He, there's still a lot of him in this movie uh, because there's this whole, like, they, Kate Winslet and her friend are two friends. They're both kind of quirky and oddballs and kind of the, like, the, like, Outcast kids, right? Yeah, the misfits at school, so they become really good friends, and uh, and their friendship like kind of goes to the next level. Do they ever sing "We're a Couple of Misfits"? No. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so they have this, they they dream a lot and have a lot of like imaginary right. world. So they they show them like envisioning that. And uh, and you can see a lot of Peter Jackson in that. Well, didn't he do before Lord of the Rings? Wasn't he the most famous for doing Frighteners? Wasn't that one of his movies? Oh, was that him? I think I'll look so. In a second. I think so. This came out in 1994. Okay. By the way. And it's weird because Kate Winslet and the other girl who star in it, it was her first movie too. So I looked to see what she's been in. Nothing. Not a lot. Well, not a lot. She's still working, but not a lot. Yeah. But like. How weird to be her well, and like Kate Winslet's the biggest movie star there is right. these days. I mean, it's kind of like Scarlett Johansson and I can't even remember her name now from Ghost World. You know what I mean? Thora the, Birch. Thora yeah. Birch. You know, Thora Birch did a couple other little things here and there, but I mean, she's nowhere near as big as Scarlett right. Johansson. But uh, it was good. It was acted well and it's, yeah. it's disturbing. It and actually it was... sounds a little similar in some ways to Ghost World in terms of the relationship between well, the two central really characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not light. And it's not light and airy by yeah. any means. Well, Thor Birch has sex with Steve Buscemi in Ghost World. That's a dark That's turn. That's not if light you ask and airy. Me. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, let me see what he did. Okay, before oh the Frighteners, yeah. And then anything else big like before that? Heavenly Creatures. Yeah, I think Frighteners was his biggest movie before. Isn't that weird that you do like a couple of little films here and there, and then you do the Lord of the Rings? Like, how does that happen? Right. It doesn't really seem like something that would happen. Are you looking forward at all to The Hobbit? I mean, are you going to no, go see I that? I never liked the... Oh, he did Dead Alive, too. I don't. I never saw that, but I always remember this poster. Remember that poster? No. <laughs> it's creepy. Oh, gosh. I'm glad I don't remember that. <laughs> no, I'm not looking forward to The Hobbit. I never liked the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Saw the first one, slept the second one, skipped the third one. Yeah. It's usually how the progression works. Mm-hmm. Definitely more than the reverse. So you saw some stuff. Let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I saw... What um, are we here for, for Christ's sake? What? Wow. <laughs> okay, so we saw last Friday, we saw the girl with the dragon tattoo. I'm surprised you went to see that. Why? I don't know. I love Daniel Craig. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it looked interesting from the preview. Did, now, did you see it? I don't remember. Well, I read the book, and I saw but the you didn't see version, this one. so I don't think I need now, to see Now, is it one. the same girl in both? No. Okay. Okay. Um, no, that girl is actually the girl in Prometheus. The girl from the Swedish movie. Prometheus. That new uh, Aliens type. Remember, it was going to oh, be like the right, Aliens right, prequel, right, right, and right, right. they made it something yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, the, written, the new Ridley Scott movie. Right. Does that come out this year? Yep. Oh, I seen the good. trailer for it? No, does it look good? Oh, my God, it looks so cool. Really? We'll watch it on a break. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, so we saw the girl with the dragon tattoo. Uh, you know, I, my opinion of it is somewhat mixed. I think it was a good film. I definitely enjoyed watching it, 
But at the same time... But just one rape is enough for you, right? You don't like the double rape? Yeah, I don't need the double rape. <laughs> and not only that, but I, 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 other than to show, to demonstrate how screwed up her life was and to illustrate in many ways how crazy she was, I don't even know why we had to see both of those. Um, because it didn't really affect anything else that happened in the story other than, you know, right after that, you see that she calmly... Well, it- no, not in this story, but if you read the rest of the books or see the rest of the movies, you find out more about her past. So right. it kind of like, it makes her more three-dimensional, absolutely. Right, but that's all I'm saying is is that it illustrates how messed up and crazy she is. Because right, right after the second one, she, I mean, at least in the movie, now I, my understanding is that the movie does not stick to the book. Oh, really? Um, and I'll, I'll explain some of that. Right after the second one, she, you know, sort of gets revenge on the guy. Uh-huh. But she does it like like she's doing anything else. Like she's grocery shopping in terms of her emotional involvement in it. You know, she just like gets the guy back and she tells him how it's going to be moving forward and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's like no emotion in it. And then right after that, you see her pick up some chick at a bar and, you know, have a one night relationship with her. And then uh, within a couple days of that, she's having sex with Daniel Craig's character, who she's working for. And so she goes from being in these very, you know, what would commonly be thought of as horrific, scarring situations to doing completely ordinary things and even getting emotionally involved with people immediately afterwards. So, you- But she was never emotionally involved with them. That was just what she knew. I mean, she just was always like... Never emotionally involved with who? Anyone that she was having sex with. Well, with Daniel Craig, she certainly was with his character. Not in the book, she was. I mean, they had sex, but like. Well, well, wait a minute. Okay, so maybe it really deviated from the book because she she likes him in the movie. Well, see, in the book, she doesn't like anyone. She just she's alone. Yeah, because like, there's a scene at the end of the movie where she says. Well, I, then that's I, a big thing to change from the I book. Can, I can, because can the whole I talk about book, this? Huh? Can I talk about this? Uh, maybe we should talk about it off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait. I don't want to get another text from one of our listeners. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to ruin something. Spoiled but, something that. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you what happened, and then I guess the something. Yeah, I can't really talk about any of this, so we'll talk about it afterwards. But um, but but the thing that disappointed me about the film was, is up till a certain point, very late in the movie, there was no real like danger to anyone that made it, like, nerve-wracking in a sense. You know, the whole point is they're trying to solve this 40-year-old murder. Right. And there was no, like, there was no risk, really. It was just, really? like, yeah, until, a, like I said, a point very late in the film, right. there's really no risk to anybody. Well, did they did they go through the whole thing like they do in the book where his f- family wasn't even supposed to know that he was investigating? They thought he was writing a book about the patriarch? Uh, yeah, they did that, but they were all kind of like, I, you know, I know that you're really just supposed to be doing this, but obviously you're going to be looking into her murder too, you know? So they they weren't like fooled by it really. I mean, because there wasn't so much a risk. They just were all, I mean, from the way the book was, they just were all kind of suspect. Like the patriarch didn't trust any of them. So he didn't really want them to know because they were all suspects. Well, in the movie, he wasn't writing about the patriarch. He was writing about the company history. Like the the company that he owned, um, he was supposedely writing about the company. Oh, you history. Know, that, that may have been the same. The yeah, um, I've, I've and yeah, the, n- nobody in the family really got along, so that was right. a source of tension. But it was very mild tension, and again, there was no like risk. There was nothing that y- you know 
There was no clock that anyone was racing against. I mean, there was eventually for reasons I won't talk about, but that I'm sure you know about. But, um, you know, and there was no, like, real risk. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like a, a movie like, um, you know, Pelican Brief, where she's looking into this scandal and, like, people are trying to kill her right. and the well, people all really around ri- her. I mean, uh, the risk was that he had to have it done before the the old man died. Yeah. Because. But that, that came ha- at least halfway through the movie as well. Yeah. So, well, see, that's why that book was so, that book was so much harder to read for me than Hunger Games because there's so much exposition in it. Yeah, that, like it was a long read. It took me a long time. Whereas Hunger Games were in two days. But I'll talk about I'll talk about the other things after we're done recording. Okay. But but I mean I enjoyed it. And then um, we also saw Mission Impossible again mm-hmm. w- because Amy hadn't seen it, and you know it was just as good the second time. And I didn't miss the most important moment of the film like I did the first time we saw it. <laughs> Um, Isn't it so weird that you left just the moment just before the, he told that little uh, yeah, story? Yeah, that little nugget. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. And then we also watched, on demand, we watched a movie called Killer Elite with Jason Statham and Robert De Niro and Clive Owen and uh, Yvonne Strahovski, who plays Sarah on Chuck. Uh-huh. And I have to say, it was very entertaining. It was, again, based on a true story, and it has to do with some sort of private uh, contract... They're mercenaries, but they're like mercenary spies, not so much mercenary soldiers, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and so it has to do with these guys, one of whom has gotten out of the business and kind of gets sucked back into it because his partner has gotten captured by somebody and they're not going to release him unless he does something for them. And it has to do with some uh, dirty deeds that the SAS, which is the British like Secret Service, that they did to um, in uh, Saudi Arabia. Now, these dirty deeds were they done dirt cheap? They, I believe, they actually cost quite a bit of money. Oh, so, so I would say so no. They were not done. They dirt were cheap. not done dirt cheap. <laughs> and um, and so it's the story of you know him getting sucked back in and what he has to do. And then Clive Owen works for a group of people who used to be in the SAS, so they're sort of obviously at odds. And um, and it was it was very entertaining, and it was there was some good action and. It was so nice to see Robert De Niro in a normal role again where he wasn't, you know, pandering to the audience. Right. You know, because it was just a very low-key, you know, very natural kind of role for him, um, which is the stuff that he used to do, That uh, why he became as big of an actor as he did. Um, so, you know, not like a super great film. But it's funny because Jason Statham did another movie a couple of years ago called The Bank Job, which I also saw and really liked. When he's in these more serious films, it's actually really good. He's really... He's really entertaining, and you know, um, I think if he's got a good script and a good director, he's a pretty decent actor, I think. But anyway, yes, you, you never saw that one either, did you? The bank job. That was uh, another one that was based on a true story and was actually a really cool story. Oh, for some reason, scandals that have to do with the British uh-huh. uh, are very engaging to me. Um, Sorry, I had to send a text back. That's fine. Um, that's all I have anyway. That's all you got? Talk about miscellaneous. Uh, let's talk about some miscellaneous. Uh, let's go back to the Golden Globes. This time for film. Okay. Uh, Did anyone win? Yeah, there were some winners, and then there were some losers. Oh, my gosh. That's weird. Uh, it's so weird how that works. That is weird. Uh, for Best Motion Picture Drama, The Descendants with George Clooney. I don't Meryl think I've ever even heard of that. You know we're doing an entertainment podcast. The Descendants? And it's the most talked about movie of the year. Not really, but it, uh, <sighs> but it, they're saying that it'll probably win uh, best picture. Warfare, but yeah, really? Yeah, I swear I've never even heard of this film. Like his wife dies and he moves to Hawaii with his kids. Doesn't even sound familiar. Oh. I never saw the preview for it. I guess. Um, yeah, they show it all the time. 
Um, <laughs> my Meryl Streep. My Meryl Streep took home another Golden Globe. Okay. I really want to see that where she plays Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady. Yeah. Okay. She doesn't just play Margaret Thatcher. She becomes Margaret Thatcher. So I've heard. Yeah. Uh, George Clooney. Yeah. Best actor. Yeah. For The Descendants. For The Descendants. Okay. Uh, best motion picture, comedy, or musical. The Artist, the silent film. Right. Which I really want to see. Yeah. And the uh, best actor in comedy and musical was the French actor that's in that. Okay. When he got up on stage, he is, to me, what like you just imagine a classic Hollywood movie star to be. He made George Clooney look like... Like the a like waiter Ernest at a Borgnine. restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, Ernest Borgnine is very underrated. No, he was so, just naturally, he was so, I'm just charismatic saying as himself, and, charismatic. He was very, like, the Don Draper, yeah. like, stereotype, but just, like, that's just who he was. And with a French accent. And with, yeah. Yeah. He was very, like, very striking. And he'll become huge after this, I'm really? sure. Really? Yeah. Michelle Williams won for that Marilyn Monroe movie. Uh Let's see what else we got here. Best animated feature film, Tintin. Wow. You know, I haven't yeah, heard listen to what it was I don't up know against. anybody who's seen that. No. And, it, it, and it's it supposed was, to be great. It's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'll go see it. Uh, listen to what it was up against, though. Arthur Christmas. Don't even okay. know what that is. Some kid's movie. Yeah. You have a kid. You should know what it is. Yeah. Uh, Cars 2. Terrible movie. Yeah. Well. By all accounts. Uh, Puss in Boots and Rango. Uh, everyone who I know. I hear Rango's really Everyone good. who I know who's seen Rango in... In fact, mostly adults said it's awesome. Yeah. Really, really great. I've heard Puss in Boots is really good. I heard Puss in Boots was funny as well. Yeah. But I mean, they say Rango is like a great movie, and it's actually not really a kid's movie, supposedly. But So I'm kind of surprised that Rango, but you know, Tintin, Steven Spielberg, and Peter Jackson. Mm, yeah. How are you going to get past that roadblock? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need some... Best director, Martin Scorsese for Hugo. How weird is that? You know, same thing. Everyone who I know who's seen that, we were, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've had a couple of babysitters and had a couple of opportunities to go to the movies. And everyone's like, you got to go see Hugo. You got to go see. Well, Again, from what adults. Todd said on the podcast, he said it was, I mean, he liked it, but. I'm just and telling Mike, you. Mike, our listener, said it was a half hour too long. Yeah. So. Maybe he got there early. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, saying. that's the Golden Globes. Uh, okay. Speaking of this film, yep. this year's most critically acclaimed American movie has to be silent film The Artist. But things seem to be going differently for the movie in England. It seems a large number of British moviegoers have been demanding refunds for the film because it has no sound. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I right, love well, that. See, I got in there and there was no sound at all. I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> I mean, nothing. And another thing about the movie is that the movie's not in widescreen. I mean, they're making like a silent movie, so right. it only takes up the, the center of the, the screen. Right. They were complaining about that as well. Awesome. <laughs> well, you've wasted all that space up there, you see? <laughs> it's all wasted if you don't use it. By the way, Ricky Gervais mentioned in something I saw him on that that show that that Liam Neeson clip came from is coming to HBO. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't it already on TV? It's here? on like BBC. I don't know if you can get it just over cable. Oh, okay. But it's 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 coming HBO. Okay. So like cool. next month or something. I also want to mention, I'm, I listed all my favorite movies of last year, and I really feel bad that I didn't mention, I'm going to put in that list also, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. 
Yeah, that was a good movie. Very entertaining. It was very, very entertaining. entertaining. And it was a surprise for me. I mean, I just thought yeah. it was going to go in and be right. like, okay. Yeah. Really enjoyed you it. You just thought it was going to be just another monkey movie. Right. And it wasn't at all. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't misleading like 12 monkeys because there aren't any monkeys in that movie. Where are the monkeys? There were tons of monkeys in there. In 12 monkeys? Yes. You saw the monkeys. There are no monkeys in 12 monkeys. Yes, you did see the monkeys at some point. I don't remember seeing monkeys in that movie. Yeah. Were they the, real monkeys? They're in there. Do you have to search for the monkeys? You don't have to search for the monkeys. It's not like a, you know, where's Waldo kind of situation. <laughs> I don't remember monkeys. Yeah, they're in there. There there's a scene where they go to the animal thing and let all the monkeys out or whatever. Really? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh here's some good news for you. I'm not sure there were twelve. That Uh-oh. might have been a misnomer. Uh, okay. There might have been more, there might have been a few less. Uh George Lucas has announced that he is retiring from making blockbusters. Didn't though, he do that about, about 31 years That's ago? That's what these articles say. <laughs> though he has stated that another Indiana Jones would be the only exception. He claims to be fed up with the Hollywood studio machine, so he will only make small indie-style films from this point forth. Uh-huh. Indie as in independent, not as Indiana Jones. No, but he said Indiana, that right. would be the only thing. But when he says small indie films, I, I, I the guy is so crazy. He's, He's, He's just nuts. completely lost his mind. Ugh. Oh. Oh. Um, in the last episode, I reported on a possible bridesmaid sequel without Chris, Kristen Wiig. You can say Sans. Uh, yeah, but I... Yeah. yeah. Sans Kristen Wiig. What does Since that mean? then, Melissa McCarthy, whose character was to be the focus of the film, has stated that she would never take part in such a terrible idea. Wow. <laughs> How about that? I love that. I love that she just stood up and said, absolutely not. That's really funny. Uh, Tim Burton will direct Robert Downey Jr. in a live-action ver- version of Pinocchio. Hey, by the way, um, I didn't really realize that Robert Downey Jr.'s nose was that big. Is it really that big? He's playing Geppetto. Oh, yeah. the old woodsman. Um, <laughs> oh, the, the toy maker. Was yeah, Geppetto... he was a woodsman, wasn't he? Oh, I mean, he made things with yeah, wood. Yeah, right. Woodsman, to me, is someone who cuts down trees. I don't know. He could be both. I don't want to <laughs> limit his hobbies. Um, but uh, do you know anybody who saw the new no, and I really Sherlock want to see Holmes it. movie? No, but everything I read about it, they're like, if you love the first one, you'll love the second yeah, one. Yeah, so I kind of want to see that, too. Oh, yeah, uh, Joss Whedon has announced that the upcoming Avengers film will be told from Captain America's perspective. Like POV? Like first person? Where yeah, that the, way camera, they the camera is that, Captain America? That way they didn't have to pay Chris Evans. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's a way to cut back yeah, on the cost. I don't really know exactly what that means. Um, Elizabeth Banks will star in a live action film based on Tinkerbell. The star is... My, my English is terrible here. I am so confused The by star this. has stated that the film will be similar to our favorite holiday film, Elf. So I assume it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek. Didn't they already do that? Wasn't that called Enchanted? That's not Tinkerbell. No, but I mean, it's the same basic story. Uh, you know, princess from... A, Tinkerbell is the little fairy from Peter Pan. Will you let me finish? Yes. Where, you know, this character from Disney, basically Disney's animated stories comes out into the real world in New York City and is like completely bewildered by everything. That's a princess. This is a fairy. Right, but I'm saying they've already done something like that is my point. With a princess. This is a fairy. Okay. I thought you were being serious (laughs) for a minute. Um, And Elizabeth Banks? Really? I would have thought somebody a little younger. And a little tinier. Well, I mean, we don't know really what the story's going to be. Maybe it's Tinkerbell like, as she's older. I guess. I don't know. I would have thought somebody, yeah, younger and, too and, much time and on this. smaller. I just, I just was filling up the page here. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was not necessary. Because now my brain's around. I mean, look at the, the next news item. Here's Banks. a waste of money. Adam Sandler's Grown Ups is getting a sequel. <laughs> I don't know anybody who even saw that movie. No. Yeah. But I'm sure it was terrible. Yeah. Ed Burns has, speaking of terrible, Ed Burns has announced it's that so he, mean. I hate him. Ed Burns has announced that he is working on a sequel to his directorial debut, The Brothers McMullen. He says he was inspired to do so after seeing Clerks 2. Wow, that Blockbuster car is really getting good use, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just, just pick that one up. Uh, Broadway smash Jersey Boys will make a leap to the big screen. Doing. And finally, Police Academy is the latest 80s film to get the remake oh, treatment. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Those movies felt like remakes when they were new. As long as they bring Michael Winslow back. That's all I ask. Is that the sound effects guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think they will? You know, that? I think that guy who played the uh, police chief, I think he's still alive and acting. I think I just saw him in something. Yeah. I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I, I could swear I just saw him in something. Is that the same guy that was Punky Brewster's father? Do you think I ever watched Punky Brewster? Yes. Why would I know I that? I really think so. No, I have never seen Punky Brewster. I've never seen Small Wonder. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on. No. Uh, you couldn't pay me to I watch I thought you liked show. science fiction. She was a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if that's that all was, I have. I don't know. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about everything else. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk about everything else in the old mashup. Moosh, moosh. A new product called Live Shell allows you to stream live video to the net through Ustream. It hooks up to your video camera, connects to Wi-Fi or Ethernet, and will run for three hours on three AA batteries. It'll be available soon for two ninety nine. That's pretty cool. Can't so you, you just? Why couldn't you just? Why can't you do this already? Well, you need something to hook up your camera to to stream live through the internet. And oh, this just does it itself. Yeah. Oh, that's you just hook it up to your camera and it just does it while you're. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's pretty cool. So you do a live video broadcast through the internet for two ninety nine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, VW has confirmed that the 2013 Beetle TDI will debut at the Chicago Auto Show in early February. The company's two-liter turbo four-cylinder diesel engine routinely gets as high as 50 miles per gallon in the Jetta TDI, so the mileage in the Beetle should be really great. That's amazing, don't you think? 50 miles to the gallon. What do you get? There are cars that get 50. What do you get? 18, 20? That's what I'm saying. That's a lot. But there are cars that get 50 miles to a gallon. Not that many. It's not that many cars no, that get 50 miles so a gallon. So what? This is just another one. Uh, well, this isn't the first car to get 50 miles no, a gallon. No, but it's it's a popular car, so that's why it's good. Yeah, it's probably like teenage girls. You know, what's really funny about that is I they they completely changed the way the Beetle looks this year, and part of the reason they changed it is to try to make it more appealing to guys uh-huh. because guys weren't buying that car. I mean, no. for one thing, have you ever a, seen a man a, driving a, the car? No. Well, I have actually, but I mean, it has a bud vase in the dashboard. That's not really like <laughs> saying "buy me, dude." You know what I'm saying? Unless by bud vase you mean like a place <laughs> to put your joint, <laughs> or your or your can of beer. Um, but so they they like kind of squished it down and made it flatter on the top instead of being very circular, and um, made it a little lower to the ground and have a more aggressive stance. But I don't think it's going to help. I don't think that many guys are going to buy that car. I'm just saying. Uh, If you think people spend too much time on Facebook, you're not alone. Audi just released info about a special edition S5 on Facebook. The model, and they'd never shown it off anywhere before this. The model has a special dark silver paint job, unique five-spoke wheels, a two-tone leather interior, 
and special badging. Only 125 units will be sold, and pricing has not been revealed What does this have to do yet. with Facebook? They announced the car on Facebook rather than at an auto show or something else. But what does it have to do with people spending too much time on Facebook? Because the I reason, really, I don't get it. I the reason, like I'm crazy, the reason I really they don't. revealed it on Facebook is because they felt that was a good audience because of how many people are on there. Are rather sure than just because they're cheap. Well, that could be too. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't get any uh, monetary information on this story. Uh, a company called 3D Systems has released their Cube 3D printer for just twelve hundred and ninety nine dollars, which is about how much a good HP LaserJet printer used to cost. Except the Cube will output 3D objects and requires no assembly. Which is really cool because once you get down to that price, it's only a matter of time before it gets to be like five hundred bucks. What is the ob- like? What's the material? Um, it's like a plastic resin that gets you know printed line layer by layer into a solid three D object. So you can take a three D program, create whatever you want, and as long as it'll fit inside the output area of the printer, you can just make it. So and it you don't, comes out plastic. It comes out yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's really cool could make masks you could make sure you could <laughs> just, <laughs> just like in you could make impossible house. yeah a little tiny little teeny tiny no house. not if you made like bricks why would you just use regular bricks <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure they're gonna be a lot cheaper i'm just saying uh well and and in more 3d news a new 3d scanner called the orca the orcam orbital camera system can automatically create a 3d version of whatever you put inside of it the OrCam has been dubbed a reconstruction sphere because it creates such a flawless 3D copy of the object placed inside of it, including texture, color, reflectivity, and everything. And the best part is that the whole process is fast and automatic. There's a video of it online. You have to see it. It is so cool. The example they use is this woman puts a vase in it, and then they show you know how the system works. But then when you see the, the 3D object at the end, you can't even tell the difference between it and the real thing. So you could have both of these things and make an exact replica, and that and that is where this is all going. Like eventually, you'll have a thing where you can put, you know, you could put whatever this computer mouse, or you wouldn't use it for that. You'd use it for something like a no, I'd coffee use cup. Mouse. You can't because this has moving parts and does stuff, and it doesn't know any of that. It's a gag computer mouse. People would think it really works, and it doesn't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of which, you know. So what I- yeah, if you really like, if you like a coffee cup. You could buy one, and then you could make like a hundred. Make a whole set, <laughs> all by your lonesome. Um, you never need to buy like parts, parts for things. Par- you know what I mean? Parts, and everybody knows that parts is parts, right? Parts Don't they? Is parts? <laughs> you can make parts now <laughs> with a part maker. Nissan is in the news for creating a new iPhone case. Yes. <laughs> They're in beta testing of the Nissan Scratch Shield iPhone case, an ABS case coated with their self-healing Scratch Shield. If the tests go well, the case could be on sale as early as later this year. What it is, it's a special kind of plastic that, like, if it gets scratched, it automatically, like, smooths itself out somehow. So it would protect the phone and not get all scratchy and dinged up Just and like stuff. in T3. Yeah, like liquid metal, but right. plastic. Right. And not liquid. How much is this case going to cost? It's about a million dollars. Three hundred dollars. <laughs> no, I have no idea. It's more than the phone. Uh, Alienware's new X51 is a console-sized PC designed specifically for gamers. It looks cool, weighs just 12 pounds, and ranges from $700 to $1,150, depending on how you spec it out. At the high end, you can get a Core i7, NVIDIA GeForce GT 555, 1TB hard drive, 8 gigs of RAM, Blu-ray, and more. So it's really cool because it's about the size of like an, you know, an Xbox 360, but it's a whole computer. And that's actually not very expensive considering what you get in there. The only thing is I think that video card... 
is like a mobile video card. So I don't know if it's going to be as good as, you know, like a regular video card would right. be. But anyway, it does look really cool. Fiat will sell a five-door version of the new 500 in 2013, according to brand manager Olivier Francois. It'll first be shown at the Geneva Motor Show in March, which I can't even imagine. I mean, you know what the 500 looks like. Right. can't even imagine that with two more doors. That seems like it would look kind of funky. It's too many doors. Five is a lot of doors. It's a lot of doors. Yeah. Uh, Vizio's cinema-wide TVs with a 2.35 to 1 aspect ratio should be on sale later this year, although no pricing has been released. If you're really into movies, this may be great for you, but with regular HDTV, you'd be trading one set of black bars for another. Because, you know, the thing is, on a, on a widescreen TV, you still get letterboxing on widescreen movies. This would eliminate that, but you'd have, you know, boxes on the sides for everything else. So I don't know what the big deal is. Uh, remember those Steve Jobs dolls that we mentioned? Like in the last episode, I think. The ones that cost 100 bucks. Uh, yeah, sorry, but they're not getting made. The fact of the matter is that they weren't actually licensed by anyone. And so both Apple and Jobs' family threatened the Chinese toy maker with legal action. And so they've decided to call it quits. Which is a shame because I really want to spend $100 <laughs> on a Steve Jobs doll with interchangeable hands. A company called Juliet Marine is hoping somebody will buy its Ghost high-speed attack boat designed to take on modern-day pirates. It's got jet engines, a heavy weapons payload, and it can raise itself out of the water to intimidate pirates and to navigate in shallow water. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how much it costs, though. Finally, Amanda Oakleaf Cakes created a life-size stormtrooper cake for a party. It's six feet, four inches tall and weighs 300 pounds. Have you ever seen it? Yes, it looks like a stormtrooper. Like exa- like it's good. Yeah. You know how some cakes. No, aren't great? It, it's good. You got to look it up. Look up Amanda Oakleaf Stormtrooper, and I bet you you'll see a lovely picture of it. Are you there yet? Really? I'm hunting and pecking. Yeah. Do you ever type like a regular keyboard on there, or is it pretty much all hunt and peck? I've I think seen it's just too it. small, though. I've seen people do Don't it. Do you think it's just too small? Oh, Look. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a stormtrooper, right? Yeah, looks pretty good. Oh, I like the picture of it being like cut up into pieces. It's a little sad, if you ask me. Don't you think? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I can't even imagine how much something like that would have cost. Uh, but anyway, that it's brings us cake. to the time in the program when, as always, I start choking. Oh, I love that part. <laughs> Excuse that's me. That's my favorite part. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And uh, we reveal our votes for the best and worst entertainment moments of the week. Tony, please, please give us your worst. Okay, I'm going to complain about this show again. I know I complain about it. I say I'm never going to watch it again, and I keep watching it. Yeah. But Glee has gotten so bad. (laughs) I just watched the most recent episode, and I don't know why. I don't know why I still tape them and watch them. You know, the musical numbers, that's why. Yeah. Are they really? Are they good enough to justify watching the show, though? No, at this point, they're not. Yeah, because doesn't the, it seem like it's become very self-serving and self-absorbed? Oh, you know, how absolutely. And the latest storyline, I mean, it just it could never happen, and it's just it's it's promoting something that should never happen. Uh, Mr. Shu is going to propose to Emma or whatever her name is. Yeah, and uh, and so he gets all the kids involved. Like, first of all, that's your teacher's like private life. Yeah, you should be involved in that. No, it'd be I, like following a teacher home from school and then going up oh, into her apartment house all the time. and then having dinner with her at Burger King. That would never happen. 
<laughs> not even going to delve into that. I think but, I just did. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, he involves the kids in his, like, Right, him most proposing intimate, to, private... to another person right. working at the school, right. another like inappropriate guardian at the school. Right, but what gets me is so they're supposed to come up with like proposal songs for him to do. So one of them comes up with that latest Maroon Five song that's like nails on a chalkboard to me, the Moves Like Jagger song. Uh, You've probably never heard it, no. Yeah. But um, so it's some of the guys from the glee club dancing and then mr shu comes in and he's dancing and it's kind of like suggestive dancing right so here's their teacher dancing with like the 15 16 17 year old boys in a suggest i mean he's not being suggestive right. toward them right 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 but it's just completely inappropriate inappropriate well but that's always been the case of the show from the but, very but, yeah. from the very beginning with sue saying the things that she said on tv and then not only not getting fired but not getting fired from the school but the fact that they're encouraging like such weird relationships between the teacher and the students maybe i'm just getting it now but yeah i, I keep watching this going uh, that would never happen he'd right. go to jail or like he'd be right. fired it would or... also never happen that a group of students at a high school would be that talented i mean let's be honest <laughs> i've seen the tv shows that came out since that show started yeah they're nowhere near that good i just say they sang uh the girls sang a song this week i don't remember what it was but uh i think santana the girl plays santana i think they really like hold her back because she sang so she's well. She's a Latino girl? Yeah. Okay. She sang so well that I think they really, like, they they keep her down a little just so she doesn't overpower overpower like Rachel or Mercedes. Yeah. Because Mercedes is very good, but her voice to me also is very stereotypical of that type of singer. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, there's, a, like, okay. Church voice. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The typical gospel singer. Right. You know what I mean? That and and she's very talented. Right. But and then um and then there's uh Diana Agaron, is that her uh-huh. name or something like that? And she's like, you know, the typical bubblegum pop voice, right. very nasally, which is a little weird. It's um, soft. Yeah, and she's okay. She can't really belt one out. No, she's no. okay, but right. like no big deal. And then there's Corey Monteith who really can't sing. Right. Um but uh, but yeah, every time I've heard that girl sing, I don't know her the actress's name. She's really good, really good. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of inappropriate things on TV, did you happen to see this video that's going around? And I don't even know; it may be old, but it's about some dancing reality show in like Argentina or something like that. It was like talk about suggestive. I, I can't even I can't even describe it without like getting in trouble. Um, basically, uh, there's no way you could describe it without being. Come like, on, there's a way you could describe it. No, you can't. It's uh, they were almost <laughs> they were almost having two kinds of sex on stage on this uh-huh. show, and at the two end kinds. of the, at the at the end of the that's scene, like one kind for free. At the end of I don't think any of it was for free, but at the end of the number, she had no top on, and uh, well, barely that's not suggestive. Barely had anything. That's just, that's just here it is. That's blatant. <laughs> and um, I mean, it was it was really really dirty. Yeah. I, I can't believe it was shown on TV. And then the host went crazy. I, I'm not sure. I had the sound off, so I'm not sure if he went crazy because he was jealous of the guy that was dancing. No, when with you the watched girl. this the fifth time, or was that the time that you, uh, you were offended watch, by I the whole? Watched it once. I wasn't offended by it. It's just <laughs> it's just surprising when you when you was compare it? the TV standards in right. this country versus other countries. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, is that your worst entertainment moment of the week? No, my worst entertainment moment of the week is that every time I go to play my PS3, I have to wait for downloads. But now I know I can do that, so that's yeah. that's cool. I didn't even know there was that feature. 
Is that just in like the system setup? I'm sure. Okay. But yeah, that was my worst entertainment moment of the week. What's your best? Uh, oh, you know what? Sometimes we talk about food-related items. I bought myself a gift last week. It's my birthday last week. Bought myself um, a gelato maker. And it's not just one of those like ice cream makers like the Cuisinart makes where you got to freeze the bowl. And- uh, by the way, I don't ever want to hear complaints about me talking about kitchen items on the show again because you've given me a hard time about no, that. No, that's, and now you're doing that's it. That's the reason I'm bringing it up is because okay. you've talked about kitchen items. Okay. I'm like, so I'm going to use my kitchen right. item. That has brought me so much joy in the last week. <laughs> so much joy and to- so much gelato. It's <laughs> <laughs> so many pounds. Um, but this is a gelato maker that has a built-in compressor and freezer. So, right. Usually with a like home ice cream maker, there's a bucket that you have to stick in the freezer and you have right. to let it get cold. And then you and can't- even when it's done, you still have to freeze it right. for it to After, be right. Like, exactly. Ready and this to eat. doesn't have any of that. No. This it- is ready to eat when it's done. And who makes this? Uh, DeLonghi. Right. Nice Italian company. Yeah. They also make espresso machines. And right. Home care Very expensive ones. Yes. Yeah. And this I got, I mean, this retails for like four fifty. I got it for two twenty five on uh, Amazon. Yeah. Nice. Worth every penny. Yeah. It sounds like it. You want to talk about some of the gelato you've made? I have made some uh, banana stracciatelli, which okay. is like banana with little bits of chocolate. Okay. I made a coffee toffee crunch. Oh. <laughs> Except for the coffee. That sounds good. Um, What else did I make? I made a peach sorbet. made a chocolate chip. Yeah, I made a regular coffee. Yeah, I think that's it so far. No, no chocolate or anything. No hazelnut. Uh, no, because right now the bases I'm making don't need to be cooked. Okay, but when you make it with chocolate, you need to melt the chocolate. Well, how'd you do the stracciatelle? I just finally diced. Oh, okay. The chocolate. You mix it in after, or did you put yes, it in the machine? At the very last, like minute you yeah. put it in just to mix it in just so it's not too hard on the machine if it's something yeah if it's something that's a little bigger like if i kept the chocolate chips whole then i'd have to just mix it in when it was all done like just with a spatula into the container yeah yeah cool yeah uh for my best entertainment moment i'm thinking i'm gonna have to go with the uh, return of american idol i uh you know there's just an energy that that show has that i really enjoy and it just kind of gets the year going on a nice note <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So ridiculous. I like that show. I don't know what to tell you. I know you like I have, it too much. I have I a lot of fun with it. You have notes. You wrote papers. Well, because I thought we were going to talk about Even it. Even if I had seen it, I wouldn't want to talk that much about it. That's too much. Well, I didn't talk about all of it. It was just I, in case. Thank God. Now I'm going to say. I, now I'm going to say I haven't seen it. Even if I've seen it. Well, I'm not going to talk about it again. It's already in the past. <laughs> I'm taking notes tonight, though. That's how I'm going to get you. That's how I'll get you. There was one girl on there who was like a professional cheerleader from. I don't know if it was a. Uh, Minor league or major league sports team or something like that. Gorgeous. Uh-huh. And why uh, are you mouthing gorgeous? Why don't gorgeous? You? And uh, it was funny because she walked in the room and Steven Tyler goes, "I say yes." <laughs> like as soon as she walked in the room, and uh, but she actually was very good. I thought she was one of the better singers last night. Um, J Lo didn't like her for some reason. Oh, I wonder why that oh, is. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Really, you're but, surprised at that? No, I'm not surprised by that. But um, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I, except for the last guy who played Thriller with the guitar, you know, sang Thriller with while he was playing the guitar, I wasn't really like super impressed with anyone who was on last night. But they put through like fifty people. It was crazy. Oh, whatever. Um, but that's all I got. You got anything else? No. All right. Well, don't forget you can uh, you can go to our Facebook page and like us and uh, can, leave us will and should messages, which we love to get. We like messages around here, don't we? Yeah, we do. We're like all messages. about messages, yeah. right? Pretty much. I mean, wouldn't you say that's accurate? Sure. Yeah. And then don't forget to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes if you haven't done that before. And you can also and send subscribe email. subscribe to the podcast yeah, on please iTunes do. as well. Please do. And you can also send email to us directly. 
you just send us messages. You can be about pretty much anything you want. <laughs> just don't send us anything illegal because we can't we can't no. talk about that. Um, and uh, I feel like there's something I'm forgetting to talk well, about. I, what would that you be? You got nothing? I, I got nothing. You got nothing else? No upcoming special anything? Anything like that? Uh, oh, I will say that Being Human has come back on Sci-Fi, but uh, I have not watched the first episode yet. It was last night. Yeah, I can't get into that show. Or a couple days ago. I don't know so. what it is. I just cannot Whatever. get into that show. You're not gonna you know, ruin, one of the guys on there- my fun. One of the guys on there uh, was on the last season of Smallville as a major character. Really? In the credits kind of character. What? You want don't me to tell me? get credited? No, I mean like in the opening credits. Oh, opening. You know, one of those main- you know, his face on the screen and all that kind wow. of stuff. Yeah, he played some guy who turned into a bad thing. and Oh, that's never good. Caused a lot of troubles <laughs> for our friends in <laughs> Metropolis. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I haven't seen that show in forever now. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, so send us messages, send us letters, cards and letters. Keep them coming, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.